Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ford, joined by a fun group of nerds. Uh, first off, um, second time, I think, on the show, uh, Julia Delvo. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and my second time. Might be my third. I think it's my second. All right. Well, you know, uh, for if it's if it's there, if it's the listeners' first time hearing you, tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I am involved with comic book movie stuff on the internet. I cover stuff at um, thedirect.com. That's where a lot of my comic book stuff is. Coming soon. Net. I do a lot of comic book stuff, but also other stuff on there. Um, Disney, random TV shows. Yeah, I do mostly writing. I do some podcasting with. Uh, let's say I do a podcast on the Cosmic Circus called the Cosmic Cafe, and I do um, I'm involved on a rotating cast podcast on Multiverse of Marvel over at um, Boardwalk Times. All right, and we are also joined by returning champion, boop, 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 the champ is here from the Latinx <laughs> delegation, Carlos. That's three peat in progress. <laughs> oh the <laughs> trash talk starts early trash talk. wow trash <laughs> talk starts early and joining us as always uh first in our hearts always uh randy from black delegation Th- thank you for softening the blow of my introduction <laughs> uh i mean again if you know just say a little bit about yourself randy <laughs> I I am on the Twitters. I, I talk nerd stuff, primarily comic book, but you know I, I touch on a bit of everything as long as it's Marvel, DC, um, and the hashtag that is easiest to find me at is superpowerlist. All right, and uh, hopefully this is your first show, but if so, I apologize because we do a lot of we get up to a lot of stuff here on the racial draft where we change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time and uh before we jump into our racial draft business and there was a lot of racial draft business this week we're going to talk a little bit about nerd news uh we don't have a ton of stuff to talk about but you'd be surprised you'd be surprised we we can get get a good conversation going um we may as well start in the world of or the multiverse, if you will, of madness, where Doctor Strange broke first day, uh, well, not really, 2022 records of uh, first day pre-sales for Fandango. I know I had trouble getting my Doctor Strange tickets, so I can attest that records were broken, like said multiverse. But uh, everyone else, what do you think about the the uh, ticket sales for the, finally came out Multiverse of Madness. I'm pretty sure that this is the second highest pre-sales for a non-Avengers MCU movie. The first being Spider-Man: No Way Home. I think that's what. Ooh, said. that is that is a nice little bit of precedent okay. right there. So um, I think this is yeah, this is it's a good sign for this movie. I think after No Way Home, a lot of people will be like invested to see more of this. Like I think Doctor Strange has like gotten become way more popular since his first movie. His first movie did well, of course, but like it's on the lower end of recent Marvel movies. Well, recent, I say it came out like five, mm-hmm. over five years ago. Yeah, which or is like a phase. I guess it was like the phase, the phase three movies. You know, yeah, it might have been the lower scrolls. The first phase three movies too. It was like it was the second after Civil War, and it made like in the six hundred to seven hundred million range. It was six hundred something million, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously like a huge blockbuster. But like for Marvel, <laughs> again, since then it's been like lots of billions. We've been seeing lots of billions. Exactly. Where's the billion? I got it. <laughs> 
yeah mm-hmm. like if like if Doctor Strange doesn't hit a billion people are gonna say it's a disappointment or whatever this sequel um I don't know Batman didn't hit a billion so we'll see if this does but I do think things are gonna go well for it um if it gets good reception I'm sure it'll have good legs um or decent legs I know there's a lot coming out though in May and June yeah um, but yeah um, I have I think it'll have a good opening weekend at least high hopes um I'm sure it'll be number one opening weekend because I'm pretty sure every single MCU movie has been number one opening weekend I don't think that's changing with this one yeah right. um I have a good feeling about the sales for this movie and hopefully the movie lives up yeah now do you guys have thoughts about whether the uh early sales will portend uh spider-man-ish numbers no but it'll be high for non-spider-man and it'll be you know because it's dr strange not this is a dr strange movie not a spider-man movie and spider-man's like a big name even outside of mcu whereas dr strange is big for mcu Mm -hmm. like he's one of the pillars Mm -hmm. of mcu now um, I, de- so I definitely agree with that, but I think that because there's not an Avengers movie on the docket of the movies this year, this one yeah. feels the most like an Avengers style event. So I sort of agree, sort of disagree, because I think Thor has more appearances from people than I think people are expecting. Maybe they'll show them in the trailer because like, I think a lot of people forget Guardians are in that movie. There's True. rumors other characters are in that movie. Um, like honestly looking on paper i would not be surprised if dr strange makes the least of the three marvel movies this year i'm not Whoa. saying it's going to because like look okay so the last thor movie made eight more than the last dr strange movie thor made like 800 million last time True. and like black panther is the other one and that made like i think was it like 1.3 or 1.4 billion so like even if that one drops which i think there's a chance i, I don't know if it'll go up because of chadwick or go down because of chadwick i could see either way yeah really, it, i mean a lot's gonna be- depend on how it's marketed a lot's mm-hmm. gonna yeah depend- so I, would, I mean i wouldn't be surprised if dr strange is the highest of the year i wouldn't i mean for marvel three i wouldn't be surprised if it's the lowest like really it could any of them could kind of go either way this year there's an argument for all of them yeah. i don't think it's gonna make as much as no way home i do think it's gonna make more than the other three marvel movies last year mostly partly because of pandemic circumstances also because mm-hmm. the character who's already had a movie and has made a lot of other appearances right um, i mean i definitely think it's going to be over 900 million and uh, flirting with and flirting with a billion. If it hits nine hundred million, I think it will hit a billion because like people will be like, let's go make let's go make it a billion. Like remember <laughs> for the other like we got to hit the numbers. Like Spider Man hitting eight hundred million domestic, I think it was, or like Endgame being highest grossing of all time, which it was for a bit, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I think like if it hits nine hundred million, it will probably hit a billion. But we'll see because again, China is like a whole thing. I don't know if it's going to be released in China, and that's all. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that we should probably. If it was then I think it would hit a billion for sure. But like, yeah, like China being like an automatic two to three hundred million dollar, you know, uh, frosting on top of the MCU cake. You know, those days are over. Um, I think. Well, not over, over, but at least in the near future. So. Right. And then there's also the Russia issue, although I don't know how popular it was in Russia. Yeah, probably not that popular in Russia, but you know, I mean, I mean everyone, everyone in Russia goes out to see the movie. It, it that's like maybe eighty six dollars. You can add to the <laughs> the ruble being what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Russia's not that big a factor. Then I don't know. Worldwide economy. I did see. I think. I think that um, Doctor Strange will win its first weekend, obviously, and then. That next week, when the trailer, the new teasers can come out with all of the spoilers built in, and it's like, oh, Professor X is in this. Oh, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. all of the different 
Taylor Swift makes a cameo, whatever it is. <laughs> what? Like they'll, like, they'll just it's... dump it all. That would actually surprise me because I don't really know what movie can really surprise me at this point. <laughs> it, like, can you just imagine Doctor Strange being like, "Is that Taylor Swift?" You are um, no Beyonce. So, so the question is, if Taylor Swift were a MCU superhero variant, because it's got to be a variant, right? Which mm. superhero variant is Taylor Swift? Interesting. I mean, like. The, the classic Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already. Like, yeah, no, Black like, Widow. Isn't no, that's that's what we want. We want Taylor Swift's Black Widow because she <laughs> mates yeah, and she's, she kills. She's, she's got Kate, she's got Kate Bishop <laughs> that's energy. That's, that's a very fair point. <laughs> There's a lot she could do. Um, I don't know. I wonder the how this. This isn't like an Avengers movie, though. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah. But it is probably going to have a Captain Marvel and probably going to have, you know, um, a fantastic person in it and probably <laughs> I mean, going to have a, a few sorcerers supreme. Yeah, like, there are going to be Avengers yeah. level characters in this. Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. It, it, Maybe Deadpool. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I mean, everyone, like, 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 you don't know. We should do, actually, maybe we will. Maybe we'll do like a bingo card, you know, <laughs> where we're like draft. We'll draft characters to for cameos in mm-hmm. the in in multiverse of madness, and then we'll come back and say like how many of our characters uh, made appearances. I'm here yeah, for that. Uh, just because... Yeah, I'm just wondering if this movie's gonna. Okay, go ahead, Randy. Sorry. No, no, I, I just was gonna say because like we kind of got um the the names of like a, a couple of characters, like the variants of a couple of characters being like Defender Wong and Defender Strange. So we might get a couple of other Defenders up in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that in the future. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that you want to see uh, Iron Fist? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> you, heard, you, heard, you heard it here first, uh, Randy. I, I, I didn't say all of that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that Defenders. I was talking about like the big league uh, Defenders. Like, oh, <laughs> For that kind of thing, if you want um, an aloof white woman, a white well, person, well, to be Iron Fist, Taylor Swift can dunk on me. I don't like this. Taylor Swift as Iron Fist would be inspired. Swift is Iron, <laughs> Iron, Iron Swift. Iron Swift. Taylor Swift is Iron Fist, and Megan Thee Stallion is very Luke Cage variant. Oh my God! <laughs> we are there. We're one It's funny. Okay. okay. The sign's gonna be in another Marvel project, so that's not mm-hmm. that far. Off. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, yeah. are you breaking news here on the podcast? I don't know because no people have said it. It's like she's supposedly gonna be in She Hulk. I don't remember yeah. where I heard that. But like, that's right. Yeah, I heard that too. I don't and know what she's, she's, but, she's herself yeah. or someone else, or she's in like right. actual exactly. But yeah. I'm hearing right. She Hulk or Megan Sign. Wow, as a superhero or as just like herself? I don't know. I just said. Oh, okay, sorry about that. All right, so we're joined by uh, another special guest and a first-time appearer, uh, Charles Villanueva from Yay. Murphy's Multiverse, is joining us. Uh, it's going to take a little while for uh, technology oh. to catch up, but when uh, when the audio catches up, then uh, he'll be able to introduce himself. Charles, can you can you hear us? Uh, yes. Hey, hey guys. Hey, Charles. Hi, Charles. Hi. Oh. We're just uh, trying to go through what we think are the craziest possible uh, cameos that could be in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness that will help propel it to, you know, over a billion dollars. Uh, we, we've established that uh, Taylor Swift 
as a uh, as a superhero variant. I think some of us were leaning towards her as a Black Widow. Some of us were leaning Ooh. towards her as a Iron Fist, uh, Iron Swift, as if as it were. But um, <laughs> like, which which superhero would you like to see Taylor Swift? Uh, which MCU here would you like to see Taylor Swift be? I mean, I think for the longest time it was like a Dazzler fan cast, mm-hmm. the X Men, mm-hmm. and. Although I think that usually that that fan cast is usually is usually split between Lady Gaga and her, like you know, right. Once you get a pop star, and you got to give their give them the pop star, you know, mutant. So, right. I but I was thinking more about characters that we've already seen, like her as a variant mm-hmm. of a yeah. Well, I guess you know I you know who I wouldn't mind to see her as as like a variant Hella. Ooh, so, I just nice. I, I I just think that costume would look actually perfect on her. That is pretty awesome, and yeah, our parent like, Hella is pretty sick. Yeah. All right, oh, so yeah. so put we we put Taylor Swift down as Hella. So you heard it here first. Uh, you're gonna see. Can I say the cameos thing in general? Because I was gonna talk about that. Sure. Um. Okay. So I'm wondering if this movie like is gonna live or die by the cameos. If like if there's not enough cameos, are people gonna want to see her? Or is there like a story to back it up? Um. Because like No Way Home, like obviously there was a story to back it up, but like the cameos everyone wanted happened. Mm-hmm. So is Doctor Strange gonna have the same thing, mm-hmm. like living or dying, based on that? I don't know. Um, so here's I'm my theory. Like- here's okay. my theory. Here's my theory. The movie's gonna come out. The movie's gonna be the movie, right? And then, like you know, a few months after the movie comes out, they're gonna be like, "Oh, we had we filmed so many more cameos, but you're gonna have to buy the DVD in order to see all the cameos, <laughs> or the, the Blu-ray, in order to see all the cameos, and then that's where they're just gonna make bank." No, yeah, you're gonna have might... like okay. This will be on the this will be on the 4K. This will be on the Blu-ray. This will be on the DVD. These are on VHS, which like, <laughs> like I'm not even sure why we did this, but uh... it's like it's like original flavor Hank Pym on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> These the are on USB. President Jimmy Carter cameo. Like it's really weird. Like why do yeah. we do this? <laughs> so so that's that's the direction that I think they're gonna because yes, people are addicted to cameos and Easter eggs. And yeah. at this point, you should just make a DLC, you know, you just make it something that you have to yeah. pay a little extra for. The cameo and Easter egg thing, like the obsession with it, like, I mean, it's always been there, but like this face has really felt like people are like really demanding it, mm-hmm. kind of like they feel entitled to it. And this has been yeah. a thing. This has kind of affected my coverage as well, because I'm less mm-hmm. like, I don't know what all the Easter eggs mean necessarily. And it's like, I mm-hmm. want to know what the story is more. And it's like, it feels yeah. like it's not about that anymore. Because like, if you go but- on like even the but what I will say about that, sorry to cut you off, is that okay. I think part of it is that, like, in the first phase, we knew they were building towards the Avengers, right? Yeah. It was obvious that that's where they were going. Then okay. once they teased Thanos, we knew that they were building towards the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Saga, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, we don't really know what is being built to. So we're just kind of, like, having fun with these movies until they tell us where they're yeah. going. And I think I'm, that's where yeah. the fan service um, Easter egg thing kind of really. Oh, okay, like, so it's just out of boredom because, like, I feel like there's so much to discuss even without all that. Like, I feel like that sometimes it gets a little from side a little bit. I mean, generally, generally, nerds just kind of like having their fandom validated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it's not validated at this mm. point, though. No, but I, I mean, like, just like, okay, say for example. Like you, you might have whatever movie comes out, Iron Man or whatever. We're not always into Iron Man, but like there's there's um people who I I know of uh, 
uh, Brandon Davis on on uh, on Twitter, and he's like he's been in love with Nova. He's been waiting for Nova to come out. That was like his his you know golden yeah. cap. He was waiting for that to come out. And now that they've announced Nova, that's kind of the thing that like you know all of the other stuff happens to lead up to that. So okay. you know, yeah. I mean that's that's at least what it feels like for me. Like yeah. I, I've seen you know characters that I've I've come to enjoy, but. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking for them. I'm like, now I got, you know, Black Panther. <laughs> I like Black Panther. That's what I'm looking for. I like Namor. That's what I'm looking for. And so those are like the the particular standouts for me. And then, I mean, I have the same thing oh, too. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Because like, I'm not like, I mean, I want to see maybe people help Cameo's on these movies. That's not why I'm like, mm-hmm. what I'm yeah. looking for during the movie. I want to like talk about the movie. I want to talk about the plot. I want to talk about where the characters are going. Not like five seconds of the Thanos copter in an episode of Loki, <laughs> and that was like the thing we're focused on. Yeah. Or someone thinks an aerospace engineer is going to show up in WandaVision, and like who's going to be? We are like, not like, allowed to talk about the aerospace engineer. <laughs> we can't do it. We can't do it. Okay. Like yeah, we least, were. Like that's I, not what I'm looking for, especially like when it's going to be like five seconds of them or whatever. And, it's, it's like, the only, and no, the only... at least like the other Spider-Man played like a role in the plot. It was like a thing. It was not a cameo. Yeah. It was yeah, interesting. The, the, only, the only thing that I will say in that regard, for me, um, you know, I, I obviously can't speak for other people, but my only feeling in terms of like cameos is like what can, basically what what can it uh, portend for stories mm-hmm. down the line? Right. So you know, yeah, I, I, I don't want to just see just the appearance. I want to see like and that's okay, another whole thing. Yeah. Because the, the it's like the whole thing is like it's training you to talk about okay, what's next? It's like no one mm-hmm. really like now yeah. it's like okay what's next like when endgame came out like i wasn't guilty of this partly because like endgame had some like open ends i wanted like resolved right mm-hmm. it's like they're yeah so i'm like what's happening next what's happening next it's like i wasn't ready to focus on the now like i wanted to know what's happening next and like with this phase i'm trying to focus on more okay like there's some projects i'm looking forward to more than others but i want to talk about like okay what's happening in this project we have shows we can go deeper into things like i'm just like kind of enjoying the ride right now like i'm not worried about like okay we're building up to infinity war and endgame like well, I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like that I'm going too far as far as like what we're actually all like building up to. But just I'm I'm like I like to write anyway. That's kind of just, you know, a, a hobby of mine that I like to do. So just yeah. I guess the just the story craft in and of itself is always there to be like, you know, if, if you're going to introduce this element, I want it to be a relevant thing. Don't give me. Yeah, the, like, I agree. I agree. Kind of, yeah. Whereas, like whereas one thing that I I think that the like MCU, the, I don't I don't, like people, I don't like when people demand gratuitous stuff. Right, sure. Right. But I think that one thing the MCU has going for it is that it's like you know I mean I used to make the joke about how like you know TVs are movies and movies are TV now and yeah. you know like the MCU is kind of like a TV show even though it comes mm-hmm. out in the theaters and part of what shows shows will get to a point where it's just a hang. You know, like you like these characters, you know what they're all about and you just mm-hmm. want to hang out with them, you know, mm-hmm. on a, on. That was and, what Hawkeye was basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with the MCU is that like, and, and, and I'm fine with it. Like people want to see the characters that they like, the characters they know from the comics, and then they just want to spend some time with them. And every, every show is an opportunity to bring a new character, a new couple of characters into the fold just to see where they go. You know, yeah. like we saw, like we saw in WandaVision, like, you know, someone like um, Jimmy Woo, mm-hmm. who didn't really play a major role in the Ant-Man movies, but like, you know, we got to hang out with him for a few hours and we were like, 
more Jimmy Woo, you know, more not to catch like, up with Darcy who hadn't been there since Thor the Dark. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And 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 the MCU kind of knows that it's, it's you know they've got projects that are constantly coming up, and they can just sprinkle in these characters that we already have an affinity for, and just yeah. kind of keep keep the ball rolling. I feel like that's different than like I want a cameo. I want to see a few seconds of this character. Yeah, Yeah. the few seconds this character does not show up, the movie is ruined. Like that's what I don't like. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you don't want to take it too far, (laughs) but at the same time, like you know, Captain Carter, we saw her in in What If. We don't know what she's gonna do, but if she shows up in Doctor Strange, then it means she might show up later and do something else. Yeah, like I'd be excited here. Like I don't know, it would make sense because it would tie in with What If and whatever, um, because it is a multiversal show. So like that Mm -hmm. works. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, basically, I don't want this plot to be taken over by like, oh, look, a cameo, look, a cameo, and then the plot's like really sucks yeah. or whatever, and they didn't bother. Agreed. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, I think after this, hopefully people, like, the, the demands for cameos will die down a little bit, and then it'll be like, okay, let's actually, like, enjoy this part. Like, I really hope people aren't doing that with, like, Black Panther, considering circumstances. Like, I really don't <laughs> want to be to make this cameo. Actually, I hope they do do it, but it's just all Black superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's like, oh, oh Meteor Man showed up in Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> like it should be yeah. like, like, it's not even Marvel yeah. anymore. I mean, that would don't cool. but, like, <laughs> I don't mind something. I mean, like, I mean, the fan demands for like, I don't want the discussion to be surrounding like, hey, the cameos in Black Panther. Like, that should not be the discussion. No, 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 I, no, I uh, definitely should not be the main point. Um, <laughs> even with Thor, I think too. Although I don't know, maybe Guardians will be like a glorified cameo, but like I don't know if that, that's kind of different because it was part of the plot because he went off with the Guardians, so it's like not gratuitous. So Charles, it. before before we move on, do you have any final thoughts about the? Uh, you know, I want to give you a chance to uh, talk about the multiverse and all the funny funky cameos. I think that this cameo thing is sort of it's it's the, I think it's the number one reason people are so hung up over their runtime. Oh. I think this is that people yeah. are like sort of expecting. A five minute, a ten minute cameo of Professor X, a ten minute cameo of Captain Carter, and then they all fight, and then Ghost Rider shows up, and then you know Andrew shows up. People are sort of expecting this to happen. They're building it up in their heads that when they see the two hour runtime of Doctor Strange, it's like, how is that gonna work? How is how is Nicholas? Cage how are forty five portals going to open up? And right. you know, every single comic character that we've ever seen show. Yeah, that is the I think the number one cause why people are so crazy over over the runtimes right now and they think that two yeah, hours is not even enough this movie. i don't know we were talking about the rent oh i think this is before we went live we were talking about the run times of moon night and why people were like having meltdowns over it's not exactly six hours it's gonna suck or whatever and that's happened with other shows as well that's been an issue with more so with the shows than the movies i think the runtime complaints um the movies there's been less of that but i think it makes sense for dr strange because again we don't want it to be too much cameos of like just taking up here's a camera he's camera and here's two hours it's done no plot whatever well again i, I still believe I still believe that if people are, are like, if the movie's good, then people, like the reasonable people will just be like, the movie's good. And then uh-huh. Marvel Hopefully. will be able to come back around and be like, deleted scene of all the cameos, but you're going to have to buy, <laughs> you're going to have to buy the, the Blu-ray to find, you know, to see it in context or whatever. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we talked about that before, but let's transition to another, like, not really big story that's, that's kind okay. of a story story for weird reasons uh and was, okay. and it stays within the realm of marvel because it involves ms marvel and her okay. uh tv pg rating which is apparently appalled oh. appalled oh. that a child uh a, a story based around the child is child friendly um <laughs> i'll start with you randy are, are you are you outraged I am, I am baffled and bewildered and flabbergasted 
that <laughs> you would dare have this this teenager be in a show that is uh, friendly for teenagers? How dare you? What about you, Charles? Um, yeah, I'm not, it's like who cares? It's like PG. I think I think most MCU things have been PG, no matter how family friendly they are, and it's not. I think it's like it's just par for the course. It's par for the course for this. Yeah, I agree. Um, Carlos, do you have any thoughts as a as a parent? I think that um, everyone who wanted this to be like more mature, <laughs> like I think you should have to register with your local municipality. Yeah, personally, like it's weird. That's weird. Yeah, the 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 show about the the little girl in high school should be probably suitable for I don't know little girls in high school like it just seems this seems girls natural. in high school I, do not want to be called little girls by the way I'm just saying I'm not in high school true, but I am I am <laughs> damn near 40 and they are little uh, no um but no but seriously like like if it, so it's not PG-13 like what does that mean that means no one says shit once like what what were we really getting that we weren't, you know, that, that we're not going to really get now. It's it's ridiculous. They, they uh, wanted Riverdale, <laughs> where where there's like thirty five year olds playing teenagers, probably. Um, they aged them up to their actual ages finally, from what I hear. Yeah, they, oh, they, yeah. they wanted them to be like high schoolers in adult situations, which again is supremely creepy. Yeah, there, yeah, there are I, like if if the average every MCU thing has been PG thirteen, this one's going to be PG. So like, mm-hmm. let's compare it to the most like the natural fit, which would be uh, you know Spider Man, you know like Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is what is going to be in Miss Marvel, or what is, what is in Homecoming that couldn't be in Miss Marvel? And it's probably like literally someone saying shit. Like mm-hmm. that's probably okay. all you're going to get. Or like ratings are weird though because I don't know it's different here in Canada because I went to see the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once this week and it mm-hmm. was rated as PG here I'm pretty sure they dropped the f bomb like three times so like it's clearly <laughs> very lax here with the ratings so like I don't understand the American ratings but I don't know I guess here. probably there's probably not going to be swearing in it that's probably the only thing I can see really being different because like the villains in I mean, Homecoming like, I I like how you left out the thing in everything everywhere all at once that would also bring it over the top of uh... oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry that was the thing it starts me though like i'm like they said half like how many times now that's this can't how is this pg this is what i was thinking sitting in the theater <laughs> sorry no spoilers for everything everywhere yeah all but i'm like yeah yeah, yeah it's not except PG, see the movie very weird. i guess canada's a lot more lax with their ratings because like in, i don't know so i'm guessing there is no s word or whatever in ms marvel yeah okay. which is fine because again we want to like open it up to a broader audience because this is the first show that's geared around a a teenager as the protagonist mm-hmm. right. yeah you know yeah and um iron teenager too because that's next year mm. wait who? i have a feeling that one's gonna be pg-13 oh iron heart well iron hearts no. I mean, the actress, the actress, yeah, yeah, and, and the actress is, is like, okay, you know, twenty six or something like that. So she's gonna okay. be, okay, so she's like yeah, my, so age. she's gonna be like drinking probably, yeah, you know. Um, Carlos is um, no way home point. Um, I think no way home also got the PG thirteen rating because there's a scene where Green Goblin beats up. An, yeah, um, which I'm coming. Yeah, I was talking about homecoming for sure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we consider both high school. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. 
So from one superhero universe to another, uh, what I like to call the second, the number two superhero uh, cinematic universe, uh, I'm obviously talking about Fast and the Furious, um, <laughs> where uh, Brie Larson is going to be joining the Fast and the Furious franchise. And that sound you hear is a, is a whole bunch of uh, tears from certain kinds of fans, <laughs> uh, incel tears, I think. Um, so uh, Brie Larson, uh, she of the Captain Marvel in the MCU is going to be joining the Fast and the Furious, uh, Fast 10. Um, your thoughts? I'll start with you, I Julia. mean, have they added like three superheroes to this one now? They got Jason Momoa and Daniela Melchior. I, mm-hmm. I, I might be butchering her name, like from the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So they got like, they wanted to get a Marvel one in. So here she is, I guess. Listen, it's, it's the multiverse. Group. It's the multiverse of motor uh vehicles i guess you know (laughs) who knew that they would be driving right past the dimensional walls through the speed force into wherever um i think that brie larson is going to be playing uh brian's long lost sister um but um who knows as they do as you usually would in this franchise everyone's sort of like a a lost sibling or a relative or maybe have, have we gotten like a grumpy uncle yet? I don't think we haven't got, haven't gotten that yet, but I think yeah, that's Tyrese. I think Tyrese is a grumpy uncle. Um, good, good, good for a briefer, you know. I'm, I'm sure it's not, this isn't like a like a demanding job acting wise, and it mm-hmm. pays well. And she gets to party with these folks. She's gonna like probably travel the world to tour or for, for to promote this and film this, and it's gonna be a good time for her. So good for, for booking such a, a fun gig. Yeah, and I hope she gets a fight scene with Charlize Theron who was uh, my original choice for Captain Marvel. So, you know, we can get a Captain Marvel versus Captain Marvel variant, uh, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. Fast, Fast and Furious movie. Cough, you have cough, more? Th- cough, cough. Oh, we're, that's a spoiler. That's a, it's a- oh, please, because I'm on the inside? <laughs> <laughs> a straight up guess. <laughs> it's a guess. Uh, well, speaking of Charlize Theron, uh, she's going to be producing a an HBO Max show based around a DC character that, um, you know, has certain implications for our racial draft. And that character is Aqualad, Jackson Hyde, uh, or I guess for the purposes of this, Jake Hyde, which, I mean, Ugh. I mean, he's black. He's not going to be Jake <laughs> That is, yeah. that is, I'm not, but whatever. All right, fine. Jake Hyde, Jake Hyde, <laughs> um, you know. Um, it's based on the Aqualad uh, graphic novel by Alex Sanchez and Jewel Maruf, which I have not read, um, but it's going to tell, you know, through a certain lens, the story of Jackson Hyde uh, as a gay teenager living in New Mexico, which does not, is not really close to the water. So, I mean, that's, that's messed up, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, but um, I guess the culmination of his journey will be to get to the water so his aqua powers can kick can kick in. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, Charlize Theron is producing, which is cool. Um, and HBO Max is going to do it as a, I think, a series. Yeah, it's going to be a series. Um, your thoughts about HBO Max doing a Aqualad story that's not connected to anything else? Uh, Actually, I'll start with you, Randy. That's only fair. Uh, well, congrats to them for getting an African on the job. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I personally, I, I am a fan of uh, Jackson slash Jake Hyde. Um, I, I like the character a lot, and I'm really happy to see he's, you know, being elevated in status. He 
you know, just a, uh, just recently have we kind of seen um, this transition character-wise in the comics and over on the, uh, the animated show Young Justice mm-hmm. to him becoming Aquaman. So, That's right. you know, I've, I've, this feels like a real push kind of, you know, not quite to the degree, but in, in a similar vein as Miles Morales um, moving up to become Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that this is a thing that, you know, essentially to even hear it announced still feels pretty big, even though, you know, you know, Warner Brothers being what it is, it, it may happen, it may not happen, but at least we're kind of getting that, that uh, those wheels turning. So I'm, I'm, I'm really here for it. And Charles, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are still rumors swirling that there might be an Aqualad in the new Aquaman movie, right? I, I think are so. Are you yeah. the same things? You know, yeah, so I, I mean, so. you know, um, I'm not sure with re- reshufflings what they are. Is there still an Aquaman coming out this year? I, I don't remember. No, I, don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm so bad with release dates. That's like my it's like my blind spot when, with all this MCU yeah. stuff. And, and well, especially um, with especially with DC, because it's like even when you oh, yeah. when you commit yourself to a release date, you find out that, you know, certain people push the put their dates back. Um, yeah. Julia, do you know if, Day 2023. Do I know if what? <laughs> do you know if uh, the Aquaman sequel is coming out this year? I feel oh, like it's it coming out, out in it's December, not right? March next year. Oh, so it's no, March. St. Patrick's Day 2023. That was not a joke. Oh, seriously? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a really good date. <laughs> I mean, uh, stay tuned yeah, for the white delegation dra- be racially drafting too. Black Manta. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman was going to be against Avatar 2. But then they like, no, Shazam's gonna be against Avatar 2. Aquaman, you're gonna move to March. And then the Flash moved to June next year. Right. Mm. AKA Black Adam moved to something. I don't um, remember. Did it move to October, I think? November, yeah. I believe. Um, Wait, is it really? Is that the one? Is it set for the week after Black Panther now? Black, black on black crime. <laughs> no, maybe maybe it is October. I, I, I'll, we'll look it up. I, like, but, I think um, it's October 21st or something like that. Okay. But either way, so no, yeah, so maybe 2023 will be the year of uh, Aqualad and, um, you know, all these alleged projects in the DC. Yeah, I know. I'm like, is the show even going to come out? I'm like, I want to be excited, but like, you know, it's it's not really like, I think only, it's like, I'm impressed by some things like with Marvel, though. I'm impressed because um, they only canceled like one movie ever in the MCU, which was Inhumans. Like mm-hmm. everything else has actually come out. So I can actually get excited when they announce things way down the line. But like with DC, I'm like, okay, that's a cool idea. Let's see what comes of it. Because like, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a guarantee a lot of the time. Which is a perfect transition to our next story. Speaking of getting canceled, Ezra Miller. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, there have been, according to sources within Rolling Stone, that uh, there have been meetings about um there oh for for listeners sake um i don't know if you guys know but ezra miller uses they them pronouns so we will try our best to adhere to that uh their um embattled series of months and years of behavior has kind of gotten thing gotten to a you know to the point where the executives at warner brothers are really discussing what their future um, as part of the franchise will be, which is complicated, of course, by the fact that there's a an alleged Flash movie that supposedly had, has been coming out. Um, I don't know as long as as long as we've had uh, since the Obama administration, at least. Um, so, <laughs> so, 
So timelines being what they are, um, who knows which timeline we're in, uh, but uh, across all of the timelines, we still haven't gotten a Flash movie. And um, you guys, what are you guys' thoughts about the future of the Flash franchise? Say that. Frankly, <laughs> frankly I, I feel like we have already gotten this movie and Eobar Thawne has like messed with the timeline and we just like have to wait to escape the cycle. Got it. Got it. Um, Isn't what about this you? a Flashpoint movie? Well, it's That's still, it's still called. Anyway. It's still called the Flash, as I understand it. Yeah, you know, but it's like reset everything anyway is what I'm saying, right? So it's like it's not really going to matter because they can just kick him out after this. They can just. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, we, yeah, basically, like people were kind of hoping for a, a regular kind of just he goes up against whatever villain. But yes, it does seem like you know for for all the speculation that it. I mean, I don't even think it's speculation at this point, but that basically he's going to end up um doing something that drastically alters the status quo of the DCE. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was I was thinking about writing something this weekend, but unfortunately, life got in the way. But um, you know, I think that the best course of action in this regard were, were is to sort of do the movie and then have in the post credit scene. Well, sorry, and then have the culmination of the movie. Whoever was supposed to die before, you know, because someone always dies in these movies, right? Um, you know, there's there's pretty strong comic book precedent of Barry Allen dying to save the multiverse. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just kind of have, you know, Barry running, run, Barry, run, you know, and then he kind of dissipates. His first movie. Yeah, it's cool. It, uh, you know, it's, it, it's I know, but that's weird because like Black Panther died like twice oh, yeah. in his movie. So like, I mean, yeah, so but so my my thought process would be to have Barry Allen die saving the multiverse, and then in the post credit scene to have, you know, young intern Wally West um go through the same lightning bolt that gave Barry Allen his powers and boom, now we've got a new flash and now everyone's intrigued about what the future holds for the track for the flash. That's not a trash human being, you know, and um, you know, maybe we can, we can feel I, optimistic about the future of the flash. I, I kind of sort of like that idea, even though it's problematic to, to sort of kill off a, a gender fluid person Mm. <laughs> Barry I mean, Allen, Barry Allen in the DCEU is not gender fluid. Barring uh, Ezra, Ezra Miller is gender fluid. Barring that, I do like the idea because we already are kind of getting a shakeup of the Justice League anyway. Like we already have uh, essentially kind of gotten the confirmation. I mean, obviously not officially, mm. but essentially yeah. kind of gotten the idea that we're going to get Supergirl in place of Superman mm -hmm. and. And Batgirl and plus Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it it's sad to to see that we've kind of gotten to that point. But yeah, I I feel like if you're gonna salvage it, that would probably be the cleanest way to go. Yeah. And the other reason that I think this would make sense, and again, this was what I wanted to put in my piece, is that part of why Ezra was cast was that DC looked at what Marvel was doing. Sorry, mm -hmm. DC and WB looks at what Marvel was doing with Tom Holland and Spider-Man. And they were mm -hmm. like, we want one too. Like we want a like younger kind of plucky, wisecracking character. And, you know, they cast Ezra to be that for Barry Allen, which, you know, if you're a comic reader, you kind of know, isn't really Barry, how Barry Allen's characterized. Oh. But in Wally West, 
in a yeah. you know younger character you can actually embody those spider-man tom holland-ish elements a lot better you know and I mean, frankly we we have are like people don't really necessarily love barry anyway i mean that barry was was the one that we you know he he's the star of uh had a 90s show and mm -hmm. and current show but really people like when they think of the flash like especially if you if you watch like the justice league uh animated shows or whatever typically you're thinking about wally anyway mm, and, and so it was a, a, a double oh. kind of step no wait carlos so, has a point go no go ahead um i would just push back against the dc wanted their peter parker um just because and this is an almost ridiculous statement to make but <laughs> Ezra Miller was cast as The Flash in 2014, a week mm. after The Flash series debuted. Mm. Yes. That show is new in its eighth season. Yeah. Tom Holland wasn't cast as Spider-Man until 2015. Mm. And, mm. and so technically, yeah. DC was on it first. They just executed yeah. way slower. Fair, so fair the, point. The, the I guess I was been, more thinking about how long he was... he's been in one oh. movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I guess I was more thinking about how they were positioned within the structure of the justice league franchise so you know so, they, so fair maybe not the casting per se but the but the presentation of the character so they not only executed it slower they executed it less adequately got it um yeah, absolutely <laughs> but I, I i just wanted to kind of like I, it feels like a double sort of insult to not only include Barry instead of Wally, but then to characterize Barry as Bart. <laughs> it kind of makes yeah. it even stranger. And so, you know... Um, well, the I, other idea that I had, sorry to cut you off, Randy, is to have like, you know, in, in, in Star Wars movies, we have like a thing called a Force Ghost. I know we don't normally talk about Star Wars here on the racial draft, but... Mm -hmm. You know, if there was sort of a like speed force ghost that was mentoring young Wally, that's a perfect opportunity to recast um, Barry because it's a ghost, you know, like the ghost of Barry Allen can sound and look however you want that person to sound and look because it's created by the speed force. And, you know, you can now have a, a version of Barry that is more that has more presence and more gravitas because his role is going to be to mentor this younger guy. I think it was a bad idea to it was always a bad idea to, to make this movie their flashpoint when mm -hmm. they hadn't worked toward a flashpoint. But yeah, you get it. Like if you want to kind of reset without totally resetting, you can do a flashpoint. But now that you actually need to even reset the Barry. <laughs> Like you need a flashpoint for your flashpoint, and and it's it you know one hopes that like whoever they cast to replace Ezra when they do replace Ezra, there should immediately be like an investigation and a grand jury set up because more than likely they're about to cast a trash human being. Like, I've just seen that that's what it's going to be. Right? Like I'm a, I'm immediately suspect of whoever they cast to replace Ezra Miller. Um, yeah. It yeah like it 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 sucks that so much is writing on this movie like this movie resets the continuity yeah. and the linchpin of it is is now the weakest link which is amazing yeah, yeah I, I, I would i would add on to that that you know 
they kind of could have avoided all of this had they not um, been so eager and willing to um, defend them when they were in the midst of kind of doing dirt. Like had they had they sort of caught it at the very outset of when when uh, Ezra started showing these problematic behaviors and stuff like that, um, we could have kind of had a recast by now and it wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten to this kind of ugly degree of being painted into this corner. But instead yeah. they sort of, we, we get, you know, the, the news comes out that there have kind of been cover-ups and they've kind of been overlooking stuff and pushing stuff under the, you know, under the rug. And now like it, it doesn't, it, it's not even a matter of just the, the, the continuity of the DCEU. It's like a, another mark against WB's integrity. Yeah, and and if we're being honest, I mean, you know, not to like, you know, we're we are uh, we we go back and forth when it comes to uh, Ray Fisher, but like one of the things that we've seen with WB over the years is that they their track record when it comes to bad behavior has been all over the place, yeah. and you know, and their normal, uh, you know, their normal course of action, their standard operating procedure is generally to kind of sweep things under the rug and hope that things go away until mm-hmm. until the story kind of breaks in a way that they can't do that. So it's not surprising that that, that the chickens have come home to roost uh, to a certain extent with regard to Ezra, Mil- Ezra Miller. And again, I, I wish them no like specific ill will, but you know, they need help and yeah. hopefully they get the help that they need and we progress further as a fandom, you know, without, without Ezra. It's so wild that Flash is arguably going to be less successful than the Spider-Man multiverse movie. That the, you know, Flash is sort of the centerpiece of the multiverse of comics in general. Like he's been known Mm -hmm. to be like the multiverse guy. He has Mm -hmm. a multiverse movie coming. And he's about to get recast. And meanwhile, last December, we got probably the most successful. I think until Doctor Strange comes, the most successful mm-hmm. multiverse movie. In, in, yeah. in Not to mention that we're going to get another Spider-Man multiverse movie this year. Right. With Across the Spider-Verse, which, which yeah. you know what? I, cash on the table. I may I may pick that movie to make more money than the, new, than the Flash movie. Ooh. Oh, I do. Yeah. I, I do that, yeah. Yeah. It could. Yeah, I think it will. It, it, it's 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 gonna happen, especially with all the the baggage of of Ezra Miller, who 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 by the way, it's unfortunate that the winner of the Oscar for best. Oh, I forgot about is, that. Is getting recast like a week mm-hmm. after the the clearly the clearly uh, Ezra should have slapped someone live on the on the broadcast. That's what we're what very 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 unfortunate for for Ezra. But yeah, it's just it's just so crazy how Marvel has pants DC another time with the multiverse aspect of, of, of comic books it's, yeah. it's, and dc right. was like that's their bag the multiverse yeah, their is thing. their thing it's their and thing yet, yeah and yet people when they hear multiverse like people are thinking like oh yeah multiverse like marvel like the you know like loki <laughs> multiverse madness spider-man you know like right how did they how did they fumble that bag yeah i mean because at the end of the day it's not a matter of necessarily marvel uh I mean, it, it, it's sort of weird to kind of uh, have this discussion because it's not a really net, like we, we kind of want to get away from the competition of it all per se. It just as uh, I love the competition of it all. Go ahead. Well, no, no, <laughs> but, but but I'm saying like um, 
the sort of the crux of it all is that a lot of fans sort of devolve into that competition when it's not necessarily competition. It's like Warner Brothers messing themselves up. <laughs> you know, not, yeah. not, not necessarily somebody else kind of coming in and, and like beating them to the finish line. It's like, you know, you, you stuck the, the stick yeah. in the spoke yeah. of your own bike. Yeah, it's a bit of an own goal for sure. Yeah. Um, so the last story is, uh, if you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, and I hope you have, um, you know that we have a very fun relationship when it comes to The Crow. Um, no, nobody? Nobody? Okay, well. So uh, there's a Crow reboot happening. It's going to be starring Bill Skarsgård. Uh, you might know him from the It franchise. He's going to be playing The Crow. And there was some recent news that FKA Tri- Twigs uh, will be uh, will be cast in a girlfriend, fiance role. Uh, hopefully she doesn't die because, you know, that's a thing. Um, spoilers for the first Crow yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> um, but, oh, Julia, you have thoughts? Oh, I'm heading off. Sorry. That's why oh, I'll so- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'll go I understand. Uh, yeah, but so, you know, Julia, always a pleasure. Join us anytime. Say goodbye to the people before you go. Um, oh, bye, everyone. Um, check out all the stuff I mentioned at the beginning if you want to see me elsewhere or just follow me at Julia Delbo on Twitter. It'll all be there. Just, you know, if you want to catch up with me, that's where. All right. Thank awesome. you for having me on. Great. Bye. Bye. But yeah, so uh, FKA Twigs joining the Crow, uh, you know, infamous, infamous uh, racial draft first season, the Crow. Um, I was going to say that was a first, that was a first season pick, right? That's that's yeah, a Native American delegation. Native American delegation, exactly. Um, and on that note, I mean, this is a good time to do our transition uh, to the next segment, which is racial draft business. We had a big week in the racial drafts, but Charles, this is your first time yes. taking part in the racial draft shenanigans, and it's only right as uh, as a uh, you know East Asian that I run down the uh, East Asian delegation's draft picks, and you give me your instant thumbs up, thumbs down um, okay. on okay. on the characters that they've selected so far. Okay. So uh, early on. They uh they selected Blade. Yes. Thumbs I up, thumbs Blade, down. Thumbs up, yeah. Absolutely yeah. thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, no, say more, say more. Oh yeah, I was just, I was, I think we talked about this uh months back when you I think mm-hmm. you, you brought that whole thing up. That here, like I I wouldn't mind to see like a Filipino blade. Okay. Because um, that sort of thing where that animistic sort of world where vampires, witches, and, 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 and all sorts of creatures is so prevalent, even, even in our modern times here in the Philippines. Like mm-hmm. when you go like to the rural provinces there, you would hear like stories of, oh my God, something happened again. Like we saw, there's another sighting of that. There's another sighting of that creature. And th- that kind of folklore thing here is so huge here. And if we got like a Filipino blade, that'd be absolutely perfect for 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 us awesome uh additionally uh clark kent superman um i don't know if we talked about this but um you know one of the things uh, one of the things that we had talked about that i had talked about with uh ron who's another um you know um delegate from the east asian delegation is the idea of um you know 
Asian, East Asian children adopted into white American families, mm. you know, and, yeah. you know, the idea of Clark Kent being adopted, um, you know, by white parents, and then later in life, uh, trying to reconnect with his culture. And he's both, he's, he's both yeah. reconnecting with Kryptonian culture and reconnecting with, um, you know, with Asian culture, well, sorry, Chinese yeah. culture at the time, yeah. you know, based on the, the character the actor that we had in mind we had we had Harry, henry golding in mind oh as the, yeah as as uh clark kent um you know as as the sort of visual reference slash mm-hmm. fan cast for this kind of idea um so thumbs up thumbs down on that thumbs up yeah i think I, henry golding might be too hunky like oh this guy's superman when you see Henry golding <laughs> We 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 see like that Clark. Yeah, you like, mean as oh, Clark Kent? <laughs> I was like, oh, this dude's a superhero. I don't care what he tells me; he's a superhero. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe you're right. Um, additionally, we had a Bruce Banner, Bruce ba- uh, Asian Asian American Bruce Banner for sure. What is what, what sort of the uh, the the impetus for that? I, I've never thought about Bruce Banner. I mean, you got Amadeus Show, which I guess mm-hmm. sort of. It's sort of that, but Bruce Banner. Hmm, I, I, I so, never actually... so the idea behind like the Hulk in general, I know there's been a lot of writing on that about like Asian Americans and like not really being viewed as um, like angry people or like being being like oh, seen yeah. as you know masculine or threatening. You know, and I think I think if I remember correctly, I think the um, the casting that we had in mind for that was um, was. B.D. Wong. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, good. Yeah, like he's, he's the, he, he was hired to Jurassic Park. I mean, exactly. That, that sort of like, I actually didn't connect it until you you mentioned it, like mm-hmm. the the sort of expectation that Asians are sort of like serene and calm and always and passive. Like, yeah. Know, you know, the passive that's all oh, you got to be Zen. You got to, you know, you got to be in tune with your inner peace. That is yeah, that's such a that's such a good angle for 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 possibly like you know Southeast Asian you know Bruce Bruce Banner. That's yeah, that's that's such a thumbs up for me. Thumbs up, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, additionally, this one is a little bit left, but you know, like bear with me. Uh, Oliver Queen, uh, Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow. Um, you know, I mean, the idea being that like his family, you know, because you know, because if I recall correctly, um, Star City is kind of based on Seattle you know, out on the West Coast. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there are kind of, you know, well, well off, um, you know, Asian families that could have like, you know, you know, made their money, you know, made, I was thinking more like they made their money and like, they were like established, like royalty out there. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, they had their kid that was totally like, you know, kind of a dick, you know, and then he has to be humbled or whatever, you know. Yeah, if I get, the, I guess not thumbs down, but maybe like a like a like a neutral okay. sort of film. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next up was a uh, She-Hulk, based on similar, <laughs> similar uh, the Hulk stuff. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that that Hulk thing speaks that anger thing, that inner like I guess inner inner Hulk thing speaks so well to to the you know the mm-hmm. stereotype of the of, of Asian Americans and Asian in general, right. Um, and, you know, I mean, as a, as a lawyer, I definitely know that there are a lot of uh, Asian American lawyers who don't really get the respect that they deserve, you know, in uh, in the mm-hmm. industry, you know, so there's yeah. that that also that additional angle. There's also Jonathan Kent, uh, young, young Superman. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the, the Superman story speaks so much to the immigrant experience. It's like mm-hmm. it's not even it's, it's so unbeatable when you when you want to talk about like how what it means to be an outsider to be in a world where you don't actually exactly fit necessarily. It's it's Superman. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect now. For any court, for, for any race, I think for any immigrant race, it's perfect. Yeah. This one was a little bit more controversial, but like, you know, Ron and I kind of like, you know, kicked it up a little bit. Uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Oh, how, explain how yeah. that, that sort of idea works. So, so the idea is that he was Japanese um, in World War II times um, mm-hmm. during the like, you know, the, the, the internment, you know, and he signed up to like, kind of like be part of this propaganda of the 1940s of like Americanism and uh-huh. like showing his loyalty. And then of course, everything that happens to him as the winter soldier or whatever, you know? Okay, like... yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is, sounds like a pretty dope Elseworld story. Now, now that you're talking about it, like an Elseworld's like, what if Bucky, you know, was, was Japanese or, you know, was, was a, yeah, I think it works, yeah. Thumbs up for that. All right. Uh, Joker. Joker. Okay, I'm not seeing that. I mean, that one I think is just more of like a wild card, where it's just like you know, through the Joker, you really don't know like all that that he could be. You know, like it's like like you know what I mean. I, like I think I feel like with Joker, it's just kind of like Joker can be anyone. Yeah, Joker like, can be never had, like we've never had an Asian Joker. You know, so yeah. like. Like, like the amount of like crazy news you'd hear about like crazy kids doing the craziest psychotic shit. It's like, it's, it's across the board, but yeah, you're mentioning Joker can be anyone. Yeah, I think, yeah, but that's, again, that's sort of like a neutral thing for me. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. specific to, oh, that would work as a, as, a, as an Asian. Yeah. 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 Like I looked, I looked, I looked that up. There's, there's some, like, there's some guy like who does like Joker cosplay, um, you know, an Asian, uh, Asian. Oh, guy. really? Is it yeah, any good? Um. I mean, he really kind of like goes in on it. Like he which, went viral. Which, which Joker is, is he is he trying to do? I so I think he's like created his own character. Oh, you know, like Asian Joker. You know, like I gotta see this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a while ago when I looked it up, so I I, uh-huh. I should rem- try. I'll I'll look it up and see what I what I find. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, you know, part of what happens here in the racial draft is that, you know, as as we as as we get further and further down, it's more like, oh, you know, this is an interesting take, but not necessarily like as interesting as where we where we could go, like in the beginning when there's more when there's more budget to go around, because we did this year, we did a, uh, you know, we did budgets. Um, So another this one is probably going to get a thumbs down but whatever uh michael morbius how do you feel about asian american michael morbius i i haven't i i haven't seen the movie i don't plan on watching it <laughs> so sort of my, my 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 basis for morbius is actually in the comics okay but if i had to go off the comics then it's sort of like i guess in many ways it's the you could you could i guess relate it to the bruce banner thing where it's a mm-hmm. scientist he has some sort of hunger Condition? within that he can't mm-hmm. sort of quench and it speaks again to the to the you know the expectations of asian americans or asians in general and um but yeah if 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 an asian actor could do a better job 
than Jared Leto, which I'm pretty sure we we can without you know breaking a sweat. <laughs> then yeah, they should probably just recast Morbius <laughs> with with an Asian American character actor. Yeah, this one is probably not going to have like a particular residence, but actually, you know what? I, I take that back. Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. Now bear with me. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of stereotypes around uh, Asian women being more, sort of look more passive and, uh, yeah. you know, like not really um, kind of being respected at the same degree yeah. to the extent that her power is that, you know, she is, is like, we all know from the comics how powerful Sue Storm is, but right. a lot of people just sort of see her as, you know, the girl that becomes invisible. You know, I think there's a weird dichotomy there where she could be such a powerhouse, but be an underrated powerhouse. And maybe that does have some resonance as an Asian American. I haven't seen the movie yet, but everything, everywhere at once. Oh, Michelle, yo, Invisible Woman. Nice. I didn't even think about that. She would actually destroy that. And I think that I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen it. It's apparently a mom trying to fight through the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Sure. That That is exactly what Sue Storm would do. That's exactly what she would do. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, this was a defensive pick. You know, every now and then you got to do that. Uh, Cindy Moon, Silk. What does what, what defensive pick mean? Oh, sort of like, oh, you got to defend, you know. The, yeah, you got you to pick someone to stay. Oh. Pick someone to stay what they are, you know. So like mm-hmm. Cindy Moon is, you know, Korean American. You know, you want to make sure that you, you, you lock up a character that's traditionally you know okay uh, you know what I, I actually have not read any silk comic yet oh wow so i am completely alien with who cindy moon is what she does what what her sort of angle is with the, mm-hmm. with, the with with her ethnicity so i am com- a complete you know this is a complete blank slate for me so what what is like cindy moon's thing as spider-man yeah. So her, so her main thing, honestly, is that you know because her origin is that you know basically she was a classmate of peter's but like okay. no one kind of knew her because, you know, she was the Asian American in the class, you know, mm. like she gets bit by the same spider that Peter got bit by. And because like there was this organization that was concerned about the Moreland and correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, cause I know oh. you've read this, like, um, you know, they were concerned about the whole like uh, Moreland fighting spider avatar deal. Like they locked okay. her up in a bunker for 10 years yeah um to keep her safe from from the the spider hunters so she comes out you know 10 years later as an adult but she's still kind of separated like she was separated from her family mm-hmm. she was separated from yeah. and she spends like her first couple years trying to like reconnect uh mm-hmm. and she reemerges in the course of that spider-verse story in the comics you know, mm-hmm. so she meets Peter, she meets the other spiders, and she just kind of, you know, so lately, over the last couple of years, they've been doing more stories around her trying to, like, establish herself mm-hmm. in, the, in the world, having been away for so long, mm-hmm. you know, so she, she works for, like, um, J. Jonah Jameson's um, new website, I believe, or whatever it's called, yeah. um, you know, so she's a reporter like Peter. Um, she's like formed some friendships with like Black Cat and some like other mm-hmm. people in the Spidey mythos. She's got a, like a, a cool little three-way relationship with um, uh, Spider Gwen and with um, uh, Jessica, Jessica Drew. Drew as like the Spider Women. 
you know, like she, she's she's kind of in the spider mythos, but then she's also yeah. in the Asian American mythos through like Ages yes. of Atlas, you know, where she's yeah. cool with with um with Amadeus Cho and Luna Snow and those you know, that the Korean American community. You know, it's just it's her stories are very much about her like reestablishing um, you know, as Korean American connections with both, you know, in America and also in Korea. I mean the, her experience, I guess, in being trapped is, I guess, you could, I guess, relate that to like internment. You know what I mean? And finding mm-hmm. your life after that and getting out of that. What do you? Who are you after that experience? How do you reconnect with yourself? You haven't seen anyone for, for decades, and mm-hmm. yeah, you can't do that with a white person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't do it with a white person. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah the I last. Think, yeah. Yeah, and the last two picks are also defensive picks. Um, I don't know. I'm not sh- from. I'm not sure how familiar you are with DC characters, but mm-hmm. there was a new character that was released. Sorry, that was introduced in this in the Bi- Batman mythos uh, called Ghostmaker. I don't know if you. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea who this is. Yeah. So Ghostmaker is like, what if Batman were like just better at everything and also Asian? Um, okay. Yeah. You know. And that's, uh, that's the whole thing. That's the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's Ghostmaker. He's like, like they he, he introduced, like he apparently went through all of the same like training as Bruce Wayne, but like his parents were not murdered, you know. Uh-huh. So like he's just kind of like he looks down at Bruce. Uh, he's a little bit of a sociopath, to be fair. Um, yeah. But like, but he looks down at Bruce as kind of like, yeah, I've been doing what you've been doing in Gotham all over the world for the last, you know, however many years. Yeah. Um, like. I don't know why you don't kill people because it works really well killing people. <laughs> it's just like, you know, um, I mean, I mean the co- I'm, I'm, I Google the character now. The costume looks fucking 90s as fucking. I love it. Yeah. It's so 90s. And I mean, if you, I, I think it's, I think, I think that whole deal, the, um, I, I can't sort of see um, sort of an entry point for, for the character being Asian. But well, he's I actually just, Asian in the comics, to be fair. So it's mm-hmm. more like a defensive pick. Um, no, yeah, I, like, I can't sort of see yeah. like any defense for like, oh, he needs to be that. He can't be. Yeah. He can't be. He can't be drafted. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I like the costume, and yeah, yeah I guess that that's sort of my only thing for me. It's it's, it's like a, such a super shallow thing. I'm looking at some of the images here of of, of him fighting Batman, and it, the character looks absolutely super fucking cool. Yeah. And then the last pick was um, part of our supplemental roster, which happens once because they because the uh, East Asian delegation has filled up their twelve person roster, so they're now into the uh, supplemental roster, and they uh, okay. scooped in and got Cassandra Kane, you know, which is another Batman character, which I'm sure you've heard of, you know. Isn't she? Isn't she? Um, in Birds of Prey. Yeah, she was in Birds of Prey. She was the kid there in Birds of Prey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen like. That the choice to make to make like her an Asian kid in, in, the, in that movie was so interesting for me. I haven't seen Birds of Prey since it came out, but mm-hmm. the discourse surrounding that was so interesting. Like I'm more, I'm less concerned about the fact that they made the character Asian, and I'm more concerned about that she's just a kid there. Like, well, I'm no, not, I mean, I, it's, so so the weird thing is that she is Asian in the comics, and like Kathy Yan oh, like said that okay. like one of the, one of the things that she was trying to shoot for was that there's this trope of like the like silent assassin asian oh which is such like 
who she is in the comics. Yeah, like, like, you know, she's like this, this like, you know, very quiet, like doesn't really like non-expressive, you Mm. know, um, kid that's been trained to be a weapon for her whole life. And like, that's the version that you really get of Cassandra Cain in the comics. Oh. So, so in the movie, Kathy Yan was like, I don't want to do that. I want to make yeah, her, okay. you know, like a different thing. Like, I still want her to be an Asian, um, Asian American, you know, but like, I don't want to play into those tropes. So like, while yeah. I understand the criticism that she wasn't a badass, like she is in yeah. the comics, like, I also appreciate that they gave her a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that is such a today i learned about that i had no idea that was that was the thing and now yeah the suddenly the the, the movie casting makes sense um i do wish she was sort of like not a kid just running around with the team right exactly maybe not maybe not just like a, you know like a younger just running with the team but from that angle i completely understand where where kathy Ann's coming from it's yeah so i, I has that version of the character appeared in comics now or is she just is, is Cassie Kane still sort of the, the yeah. assassin of the comics so they're still they're trying to like flesh her out a little bit more and give her a okay. little bit more personality but mm-hmm. it's so you know she's got so much backstory and history because the other thing is that like her mother is um is Lady Shiva you know who's also right. you know yeah. like so they don't want to take her too far away from that idea and and I, like I don't know if you watch Young Justice um, I've seen a bit of a bit of Young Justice. Yeah, so they've they've done a little bit of her story in Young Justice, mm-hmm. um, along the same lines. Randy, like, what would you say about how they've uh, done Cassandra in Young Justice? Well, I I haven't seen the latest season, but what I oh okay say, sorry, <laughs> but what at least I do know um, about I guess her recent portrayals, Cassandra Kane has been um, kind of getting. I, I, it's sort of perfect that she's been paired with um, Stephanie Brown in Batgirls and, and mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Barbara Gordon, because they've kind of had sort of uh, more of a look at their, their downtime, where in other comics, at least from the ones I've seen, have been more kind of like mission oriented and really focusing on like the superhero uh, combat aspect of it. We get to see in Batgirls more of kind of like, oh, the kind of music they listen to and, and kind of, um, you know, <clears throat> the, the the personality of like their interactions and how they kind of uh you know get along with one another and so we do get to see more of her personality teased out in that than what i've seen in other uh comics of her okay going so, back to so, the going back to mm-hmm. the birds of prey point i think i know i have complaints about the you know uh cassie Kane being a kid but if she was that exact kid and then they reckoned her to be like the daughter of lady shiva Mm-hmm. Like she's just a kid and like you know yeah just wants to have fun on the streets i think that mm-hmm. i would love that i wouldn't yeah. have a problem with that take so the, so the idea that i had is that you know how in um you know how with like x23 like early on they had like yeah. the thing where she had like this post post hypnotic suggestion mm-hmm. where yeah. like they could like turn her into a weapon yeah you know like I think oh. that would be an interesting like direction ah, to go with her yes. where like, like she's got all the training, but she just doesn't know it. Yeah. And, oh my God. And Lady Shiva shows up and she says like, says a couple things. And then all yeah. of a sudden Cassandra Kane turns into like, you know, this badass. Yeah. I won't bore for that. I, like that, that exact character we got from the movie, but with that sort of spin, 
that yeah. is yeah i'm i'm thumbs up for that <laughs> yeah so one more thing before we dive into all of the picks for the last week we are currently in the midst of our first ever racial draft challenge um, okay basically the we've only introduced it in this season but the idea is that if if a character gets drafted in such a way that it causes you to question like mm, is this good for the character is it like or is it somehow you know detrimental to like you know the the sort of inherent aspects of the character mm-hmm. um you know you're and you're allowed to challenge so right now uh shang chi um who you might have heard of <laughs> um has been drafted by the native american delegation and well, sorry, he was technically drafted by the Latinx delegation, but then traded immediately as a perfect use of a distressed asset. <laughs> I traded <laughs> to the Native American delegation. So now there, uh, with we are in the midst of a challenge for Native American Shang Chi uh, by the Asian uh, delegation, East Southeast, East, sorry, delegation. Uh, right now, I believe the percentages are forty-five to fifty-five. Um, in terms of whether to accept the the, the drafting, uh, there's okay. there's like another day left. Um, do you have strong thoughts on uh, or, whether uh, 40, 45 for the draft or fifty five to not draft? Uh, fifty five to draft and forty five oh, okay. to <laughs> not draft. That's interesting. I mean, this is one of the things where I would like to see what they come up with. Like, okay, how does how would this work? What is like is he gonna have like a super villain dad as well when 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 he gets drafted to the to the Native Americans? I am very curious. Obviously, sort of somewhat protective that oh come on, we only have like yeah, of course, exactly. So, so many, but then again, they also have only so many like you know characters. You got like we we have like um. Of uh, Danny Moon starring like there's, just, there's not much Thunderbird is really not much from there. Stay stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. <laughs> like, there's, there's not much from their end, so we're just like I guess we're trading like you know. Yeah, but trading. but but the thing is like so I think part of we we talked it through last week when we did the mm. challenge. Um, so like part of it is that like you know Native Americans and um, Asian Americans do sort of come from like a common ancestor, yeah. you know. And, you know, theoretically, if you go far enough back, then uh, Wen Wu or whoever, like in the comics, I think his name is, uh, Randy, help me out. Um, his uh, name is, uh, Zhang to Zeng Zhu, yeah. Zhang Zhu, you know, like theoretically, you could say that even if his roots are in Asia, he may have um, gone to America and set up shop there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. and kind of travel back and forth but like culturally it's really hard to imagine Shang-Chi as not Chinese you know yes. like it's 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 a, it's a tough it's a tough beat you know but like yeah. are, are we sort of imagining the comic Shang-Chi or the it's, it's it's generally it's the comic it's it's comic version the comic Shang-Chi I guess because I I guess like I'm sort of torn between what is more draftable the mm. the the comic version where um, the Wenwu stuff the the Ten Ring stuff the, the the Genghis Khan stuff could be more doable for if if that's more draftable than the the comic stuff that that, that is so rooted in yellow peril stuff it's it's all yeah. it's all stuff directly 
rooted in all things Asian. And I mean, the, obviously the movie is too, but there's something about the comic that is so tethered mm-hmm. to that perception of Asian Asians in the 60s and 70s. Right. That I wonder if that could... Um, I mean, obviously this comes from a complete ignorance of I do not know what the their perception was of, of Native Americans was in, in, in that same period. I have no clue what it was then. But just from my POV, it's kind of like, it's so tethered that I don't know if that could work. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I mean... I'm, I'm like, sure they have I, an idea. I, I just don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not aware of it. No, no, no. I mean, but again, this is, this is why we have the show, right? Just to talk about it. Because it's like, like I said, his origin comes so like organically out of that kind of yellow peril stuff. And yeah. the fact that his character has evolved over the years to transcend that and to sort of yeah. be about something other than that. Like, it just feels right that he stay, in my opinion, like sort of yeah. stay like in the East Southeast Asian delegation for that reason, because yeah. of the, you know, where his origin kind of flows from and where, and like the other, like to the extent that they have been trying to infuse elements of the, of the, you know, the movie Shang-Chi into the comic Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. like even the aspect of you have this like super villain dad like who wants you to take on like his legacy and then you know you go your you go a different way like from what i understand yeah. that's that's also a part of you know yes, very much american <laughs> you know yeah. experience of like very much, yeah. you know like you don't you're like no i want to just be my own guy i don't want to carry on this tradition you know yeah i guess when you go further like to the modern stuff it's less it feels less tethered to some of the some of the stuff they did in the 60s because they've, they've mm-hmm. moved on from it um but yeah once you once you like dig into the history then you realize that oh it has to be it's so tethered to the asian stuff to the yeah. to the yellow peril stuff you can't you can't change it fair enough i mean listen listeners um hopefully you know by the time this comes out there's so little time for you to cast your vote um you know go ahead and, and jump in because uh mm. you know every vote counts every vote counts yeah. But let's I need, jump. I need to clarify. I need to hold on. Hold on. I must clear my good name. <laughs> I was not. I was not unloading a distressed asset. That trade was worked out well <laughs> before I won that. That uh, as a matter of, I was drafting for Toriano. <laughs> it was not like it was not like I got this thing. I need to flip it. It was like no, but I but here's no, but here's you. why. Here's why that works. Because the uh, unfortunately, as per our rules of the racial draft, Toriano could lose the character, but you get to keep all the points from uh, all the weeks before before the trade. <laughs> like there is no risk for you if, like, with this challenge, like you get you get all the the, the previous Shang-Chi points. It was seriously just yeah. It, it's a it was a cost. It wasn't even it wasn't there was no risk, but it was a cost. So mm-hmm. and and and, and you got you know you got Miguel O'Hara you know who's a great a great acquisition for the Latinx delegation, you know fully fully Latino Spider Man twenty ninety nine. I I, yeah. I applaud you, sir. I applaud you. In a season where there are about to be at least seven 2099 books before the end of the season so not to mention a trailer that is definitely going to drop for uh across the spider-verse where he's going to be in that yeah yeah oh right right. yeah you're doing all right yeah that's why you're returning champion is what i'm hearing to remind the of that otherwise he would never have known 
Exactly. It's not like every time I see Oscar Isaac, I think, oh yeah, there's <laughs> Miguel O'Hara. <laughs> so, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, let's start off with the first character that was acquired this week, and that would be Jace Fox. Sorry, Timothy, aka Jace Fox, the next Batman from the DC universe. Used to be known as the Black Batman, but now he's the multiracial Batman. Uh, he's still black, but he's black and also Jewish because, you know, the foxes are good with money. That's what I've heard. Let's make sure that, that uh, <laughs> for the record, we want to make sure that you uh, tell us your, your at again at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all know exactly who said that. Don't just. You don't just be mad at everybody. I mean, so you so so you're saying this Batman is part of a secret global cabal. No, 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 no. I'm not saying no, I am not. No, 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 never not. No, <laughs> not is is he not though? Is he not part of Batman Inc.? The, the, secret, <laughs> the secret global cabal of yeah. <laughs> control. Oh man, so yes. Uh no, but you know, um, oh, I should we should talk about the fact that we're introducing uh, a new element, uh, brand new element that we will be uh, talking about in further weeks, which is that uh, when you draft when you draft a character, you potentially have the ability to draft the family members of said character as part of your supplemental character. So in acquiring Jace Fox, the multiracial delegation uh tentatively acquires Lucius Fox, uh, acquires um, Luke Fox, the Batwing, assuming that he that none of these characters are drafted by another delegation. They get to be brought into the fold. So the Fox family, sorry, there's Tiffany Fox. I you know there's a whole slew. I mean, if you guys are reading the next Batman book, there's a whole Fox family. And, uh, you know, the multiracial delegation has gone in there and, uh, you know, Taking taking advantage of the foxes. So, now, from a competitive uh, from a competitive standpoint, um, point scoring wise, that would mean that anytime a family member of a character we drafted who has not been drafted by another team yet, um, so for instance, I have Bruce Wayne, but the Jewish delegation has Damian Wayne, so I wouldn't get the points for Damian Wayne. But anyone else related to Bruce Wayne who is um, now would be tentatively part of my supplemental team which would mean mm-hmm. that they would score points based on movie appearances or tv appearances no no so all oh, right so after right after, after like, like week gets, 12 yeah whatever. exactly yeah. yeah um and also of course you're they're available to you for backstories and fan art and all that other and all that other stuff um yes um, but like, you know, obviously because Damian Wayne is one half of, you know, a Wayne, um, through Damian Wayne, that would mean that the, the Al Ghouls are available to the Jewish delegation. Um, Correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the upcoming weeks, but I figured I may as well kind of bring so, it in. So, so what you're saying is, I mean, I, I guess my question here would be like, mm-hmm. How does that apply in terms of, um, you know, like Flashpoint Beyond, I think is happening. And part of that is going to be um, like. 
Well, remember, uh, this is all supplemental. This is all supplemental uh, picks. So none of, okay, so okay. yeah, so it wouldn't be based on what happens in the comics. It'd just be based on what happens in sort of pop culture, you know? Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and again, none of this, none of this supplemental um, scoring, so to speak, kicks in until after every, every team has their rosters filled. So we've still got a couple of weeks until that happens, but this is just more for having access to those characters, um, you know, in your backstories, in your fan art, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. But, you know, it's, it's another thing to think about. Like when you draft Chase Fox, you're also theoretically pulling in, you know, pulling in the other Foxes. Um, you acquired a supplemental pick, like outright, not through this, what we were calling uh, family chaining. Um, you acquired uh, Patsy Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, T- talk us through it black patsy walker um i just was very like i mean first of all there's there's the obvious uh the the anti-ginger agenda oh yes uh, i forgot about the uh ginger agenda <laughs> uh, obviously that but i mean at the same time just generally i really like patsy walker i, I just feel like she's very cool and so my idea was now that, did you read the um, wildcat book sorry to cut you off yeah, Hellcat is um Oh, there's like, a Hellcat book, sorry. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, she she's uh doesn't have a whole lot in the way of like solo stuff, but you know, I've I've kind of seen her around and, and she just really caught my eye. I think she's very cool. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we kind of know is like uh her mother, uh her her family kind of established their wealth fairly recently. And uh I figured that a way that a, a black family could do that is is not really too far different from how just you know any other family would do it in terms of how she published books um based on her daughter's life i've seen a number of of, um of uh indie comic creators who who have put out books and comics and stuff like that based on just like their kind of family comings and goings okay you know kind of a fantasy version Mm -hmm. of like their 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 life and you were so, thinking more like a like a Raven Simone type deal or one of those. Yeah, I mean because that's that's like that's essentially what her story is anyway. Like you know, Patsy okay. Walker's mom tries to create. Uh, she she creates this comic that's based on like a kind of a, a leave it to Beaver version of her daughter's um, you know adventures and stuff like that, and that's how she makes her fortune. Um, okay. But other than that, you really don't have to change much at all because like you know it. It's not a matter of like a, a, a Batman where their their wealth is kind of a generational old money type wealth. Mm-hmm. There's something that's fairly recent, and we've kind of seen that um, where where black authors would do stuff like that anyway. And 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 you know diversity is selling really well, and so I figure <laughs> you can make a lot of money on on uh, that, even though you are you know in a typically marginalized mm-hmm. demographic. But okay. then the flip side of that is that she she has. Uh, she ends up kind of feeling down about herself in terms of being in her, in her mother's shadow. And, you know, her mom is kind of like that, that exploitative celebrity mom. And so she sort of turns to this superhero life and ends up running with, with uh, Damon Hellstrom and all this other stuff. She has all this kind of like problematic sort of scandal ridden celebrity history. And there's not a whole heck of a lot that you have to change there. It's just that it's happening now to a black woman instead of a, a white woman. 
Uh, so we're going to say goodbye to Charles. Charles, say, uh, say, say goodbye to the fans. Uh, let them know where they can find you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for having me. Michael has been asking me to be on this for quite some time, and I'm glad to be able to show up for once. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you guys have me on again. Um, you guys can catch me on Twitter at CFSBLMEVA and Murphy's Multiverse. Thanks, right. everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Nice you. Guys, have a good night. Thank you. And listeners, um, you know, uh, if you'd like the character picks that we've made so far, they're still available for you to uh, vote on um, on our approval approval polls. Uh, I believe there's still uh, two days at least left for both Chase Fox and um, and for for Hellcat. So, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you listen to this, go ahead and keep making your voices known. Next up was uh the jewish delegation still 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 out there kicking um they got themselves a scot free but they did not pay they paid money for scot free which is you know not what the name <laughs> implies um but uh yeah uh, mr miracle um chosen person from from the new gods or uh, apocalypse based on how you want to spin his origin out um, has been acquired by the Jewish delegation. Um, no word on what the race of Big Barter will be, but we'll, you know we'll see it. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you guys have any thoughts about uh, Jewish Scott Free, Jewish Mister Miracle? I have so few thoughts about this. Honestly, <laughs> I just I just really don't. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, visually, I could definitely see a Jewish guy being Scott Free. Um, I mean, I think well, uh, among the the myriad of of uh, fan casts for Scott Free, I'm sure some of them are Jewish. Like, you know, there's, I mean, we just constantly kind of, uh, you know, have have celebrity fan casts in our our nerdy circles. But I'm sure that like it, it wouldn't be hard to imagine, um, you know, an, an Asian uh, Asian a Jewish actor <laughs> fan cast to play Scott Free. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, his story, like, allows for him to come to the, you know, come to to Earth and, you know, establish a personality, establish an identity here. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that his identity wouldn't be, you know, that of a, a Jewish gentleman. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's there's room. There's room for the for the for the race band. Is Mr. Miracle the one that the, like Tom King has like this epic run on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I read like 90% of that run uh, and never finished it. So I'm going to eventually finish it, but it was great up to the point that I read it. So um, moving on to one of the uh, chalk picks, we'll say uh, the white delegation got up in there, got themselves a Robin uh, in my opinion, the best Robin, but I understand uh, your mileage may vary on that respect. Uh, Tim Drake has been acquired by the white delegation. Uh, is there much to be said about white Tim Drake staying white? Well, what I will say is at least the white delegation has taste because yes, he is objectively the best Robin <laughs> and there's no discussion to be had on that. All right, there you go. Uh, Carlos, do you have any thoughts about uh, white Tim Drake? I'm told he's the best Robin. 
I've I've said it before. My favorite Robin is Damien, and it's kind of because he's a little shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, well, good on you, white delegation. Just saved us from saved us from one of the uh, savage race race bends, which which we you know. (laughs) uh, Good luck on the approval ratings there. Um, we should talk about, I mean, there has been some, there've been some really cool fan arts this week. Um, one of the fan arts was, uh, we talked about last week, Latino Gambit. We got some fan art for Latino Gambit. Carlos, you're here to talk about Latino Gambit. You've got the floor. I'm here. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so you guys were talking, uh, about, um, last week, uh, not being unsure if there was like a Latino community in in the bayou mm-hmm. and there is there definitely is um but also like specifically like new orleans is a port town like there are immigrants across the board there's a huge like vietnamese community in new orleans because because it it's a it was a very it is a very prominent port town um so yeah there are there are puerto ricans in in uh louisiana i'm sure that there are actually a ton of caribbean latinos in louisiana um it is sort of like a natural entry point uh through working through shipping and whatever um so like yeah that all actually totally makes sense to me um and for the artwork i changed gambit's uh trench coat to a poncho Mm, and i I gave him instead of instead of a playing card uh there's this mexican form of uh bingo uh, called Loteria, which um, is, it, it is just bingo, except that you play instead of like, you know, N16, you, you're playing with these, um, they're, they almost look like, like tarot card kind of symbols. Um, okay. And, and yeah, like, in and in, it's kind of a standard, there are standard symbols for all, all of the sets. Um, and like, I've played this, my wife is Mexican. I've played this at parties like this is something adults will break out after the kids go to bed. It's like, all right, let's play Lotharia. Yeah, and everyone breaks out some money and you, know, you play. And it's like, it is spirited. <laughs> spirited <laughs> rounds of Mexican bingo. So uh, like that made sense too, like to give him the, like it wouldn't be a playing card necessarily. It would be a Lotharia card. So um, I like I liked the imagery there. Okay. So uh, I, as you know, I reawarded you your your bonus points or bonus cash, as it were, um, for that. So we can keep going uh, to the world. Wait, was that one that you awarded me? I thought you awarded me yet last week for Electra. No, I rewarded you this week when um, you know because we talked about it. Um, oh, I, okay, all right. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not keeping um, track of like the money in the spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, but um, that brings us to the next character up, which is uh, this is a big week for the Polynesian delegation. Shout out to the Polynesian delegation. Might have been their strongest week. Um, they acquired Cyclops, Scott Summers um, at a fairly good price, I got to say, uh, 20, 20 uh, racial draft bucks. Um, and I think it was because he dropped a little fan cast and people were like, you know what? I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Maori, Maori Cyclops to go along with um, Samoan 
to go along with Samoan um, Jean Grey. So, you know, there we go. One of the first X-Men families locked up Polynesian side. Really not too much to say. I mean, it doesn't really damage anything with the race band there. Um, you know, he's just a, just a good looking Polynesian dude, you know, with the, with the, with the, smoke, with the sunglasses. Um, not too much to say. I, I, think, I, think, I think that arguably there is something that's damaged there because typically he's not perceived as like a really cool guy. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, he's, a, he's attractive. Wow. Okay. But, <laughs> right, so that's not, that's what I'm saying. That's not damage. That's, that's a come up. I, I'm just saying that if if Gordian white delegation wanted to challenge, I, I feel like there's fair room there. They're like, no, this is unacceptable. He's an asshole. We will not. <laughs> How dare not allow. You. How dare you? Exactly. I don't. That doesn't fit at all. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Well, uh, again, I think there's still time for you to. For you to uh, you know make your opinions known about the approval, um, so go ahead and, and let us know whether you approve of Polynesian Cyclops. Speaking of approval, we got our first one hundred percent approval in a long time, and that was and that was a uh, East Asian Sioux Storm, one hundred percent approval, and uh, since the East Southeast Asian delegation has already fielded their full roster. They're gonna get that. Gonna cash that into bonus points rather than bonus cash. So uh, I'm gonna move over to my little spreadsheet. Go to week eight of the spreadsheet and give the East Southeast Asian delegation twenty bonus points. Goodness, is it week eight already? It is week eight of 25. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, the weeks have, like, it feels like they've flown by. It really does. It, that's, that seems, yeah. Like, we're a third of the way through. You, you, you say week eight of 25, but, like, dang, we, we're a third of the way through. Yeah. Feels it's like just going to make me think about my own mortality in ways I wasn't comfortable with. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like just last week or like a couple of weeks ago, we were like talking trash about how, you know, I was going to make my little paradigm shift and all this stuff. And now it's <laughs> way done. <laughs> well, moving on. Uh, speaking of approval ratings that fell a little short, 85% approval rating for South Asian Danny Rand. Not quite there. Not quite there, guy. Um, but... I should have mentioned uh, right now, and this would be not quite unprecedented, but pretty, pretty close to unprecedented. Right now, uh, white Tim Drake is at 90% approval rating. So listeners, if you'd like to keep that up and give the white delegation, you know, uh, points that they don't clear. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Let, let me right. go disprove right now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, that is perfectly an acceptable way to uh, make your opinion known. So I can't be mad. Um, so additionally, 
we got ourselves more fan art. Uh, this one, I don't think I actually awarded points for, even though I plan to. Uh, and that would be uh, Latino Human Torch. Um, hmm. So uh, want, want to talk about uh, stereotyped, uh, spicy, hot-headed <laughs> Latino? Uh... I mean, it's that thing of like, you know, if you're going to think it, I might as well be it anyway. <laughs> then. I can't beat that stereotype. Oh, I'm spicy. Oh, muy caliente. Am I? <laughs> Oh, the fact that I literally have to say the words en fuego in order to turn on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. fair I mean, enough. And, and then, you know, and then there's the, uh, I use the visual referent of, um, of music uh, icon Maluma, who my wife would totally leave me for. Um, <laughs> And so I made my Lumen Torch, which is, you know, it was fun. <laughs> Serendipitous. Fair enough. So 20 points, 20, sorry, no, $20 of bonus cash. For, yeah, I'd rather uh, have the dollars. Yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> even though you're like way ahead of the points, so you don't really need it. Um, I, I spent a few bucks this week. So uh, <laughs> a poor little out for uh, statistics. Uh, because 89% approval rating for uh, Black Mara, uh, just just a little bit short. Uh, oh, man. Ain't uh, that always the way? Yeah, I know. Day late and percentage. Eighty-six percent approval rating for Cindy Moon staying Asian, which you know that is. That's a rough. That's that's a rough situation right there. You know, I I feel like Toriano was was right there, being like she should have been ours. <laughs> Toriano thinks everyone should have been his. Fair, fair. Ninety three percent approval rating for. A, I'm always going to struggle with the pronunciation. Um, Metis. Um, that's probably not right. Uh, Laura Kinney. Uh, so that is approval points for the multiracial delegation. And I'm thinking- now, 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 see, I think um, part of this is not necessarily the actual like racial drafting component, because mm. I feel like this is like the, the, the flip side of that South Asian iron fist. Like, I feel like white iron fist probably would have gotten like even lower. <laughs> I, I think, you know, uh, uh, Laura Kenny getting that much is like, not because she was racist. It's it's because she's Laura Kenny. People freaking love Wolverine. Yeah, but you've seen it go. You've seen it go different ways. Certain characters mm-hmm. are loved, but they're loved because of racism, you know. And then people don't like to see their faves get race bent. Yeah, so the fact that the fact that they the people were like, you know what, I'm into it. Multiracial, multiracial Wolverine. You know, only ten dollars. Only ten dollars of bonus cash. Only ten dollars. But right. she's going to be a big scorer, right? I think she's, you know, worth more than that. Earn that back plus. Oh, probably. Especially because, uh, let me see how much I believe the uh, multiracial delegation only paid. Uh... Hmm? Looking for it. $5. Oh, 
Good. <laughs> so uh, right back. So you know, negative five dollar price for uh from multiracial ring. Paying them five dollars to take. <laughs> Sweet. So the next character that was acquired this week, this one was went for a little steep price, but probably worth it. Uh, Felicia Hardy, the black cat for the South Asian delegation, 140, one of the higher, the highest paid, sorry, no, the second highest paid. We'll get to that later. The second highest uh, uh, offered character for the week, Felicia Hardy, the black cat. How do you how do you guys feel about South Asian uh, Felicia Hardy? I I feel very strongly about that. Actually, <laughs> uh, we I believe she was South Asian last with the last season. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. So yes, I am a fan. Count me in. Yeah, I I, I concur. So uh, go ahead and known, if I would have known how much the other really expensive draft was going to go for, I probably would have gone for Felicia Hardy instead. (laughs) But now you got to say bye, Felicia. Oh, well. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Somebody had to to do it. Somebody had to do it. Um, She's going to have an interesting run this year. She's got, um, she's got like that. What's the Iron Man version of Black Cat? Iron Cat? Yeah, it's coming back. Mm Mm-hmm for a run so there will be scoring yeah jen mckay likes the character so i mean i could see her showing up she's showing up in spidey books all the time mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure you yeah. know so um you know good good character acquisition for the south asian delegation yeah um for a lot more money than i would have expected uh <laughs> one of the one of the big losses for the native american delegation which you know Considering their approach to drafting, they were due. They were due. Um, <laughs> Danielle Moonstar, acquired by by the Polynesian delegation, we now have Samoan Danielle Moonstar. And uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I I am very amused um, <laughs> by just. I, I like it. I really like it. And, you know, we don't get a whole, um, you know, she's not often a character that we see up in contention, but I'm happy that, you know, somebody's, you know, considering her because I, I think she may have been an auto draft last season or. Yeah, she's been, I think she's been an auto draft in like two seasons. In fact, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, despite the fact that, you know, she's, her profile is increasing because of yep. the New Mutants book, you know, and obviously in the New Mutants movie. You know, she's she's I up mean, there in terms of, that, of also um, the uh, the um, the dang it, what was um uh, well one of the Marvel voices? I know she was um, oh, featured in it as well. Sure, that's true. Yeah. The Native American Marvel, Marvel voices. She's like I said, she's she's up there. She's probably number two or three yeah. as far as like highest profile uh, Native American Marvel characters. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know so. I think like okay, this this will be like painting with too broad a brush, but when we're talking about like Polynesian people and Native Americans, like there are a ton of similarities just in the fact that we're talking about indigenous peoples, fair, you know, who who were um now living in lands that were 
conquered by white people. Like it, it just, mm -hmm. there, I'm sure that there are, I mean, we've seen that there are similarities in the way they were treated by missionaries, mm -hmm. by people, you know, like mm -hmm. by, uh, specifically by like the Catholic church, you know, like there, there are, I, I don't think it's a, as egregious as sure. if say, you know, like a, if a different delegation went for Danny Moonstar. Right. No, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah. You know, no, no. And I, and I think ultimately that's why Toriano didn't, uh, didn't challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He saw that fan cast. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'll allow it. <laughs> so uh, uh another uh another another liquor the black delegation had a rough week 88 percent approval rating for black clea so still just a little under that 90 percent yeah uh, yeah sorry randy sorry randy uh 81 approval rating for latino miguel miguel o'hara and that's that's just wrong like that should have been ninety percent. Like, like I, I that had to be like white delegation chicanery, right there. Like, Irish erasure, you know, erasure, Irish, Irish, no, whatever. <laughs> he was Irisher before. <laughs> and eighty-three percent approval of rating for Latino Gambit. That's fine. I'll just go ahead and win it. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, so speaking of the South Asian delegation from earlier, they made another strong acquisition this week as they acquired Billy Batson, a.k.a. Shazam. You might have heard of him. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, he's one of those characters that doesn't really have to be white. There's no like inherent privilege in the character. He's he's a kid who was adopted, and uh, you know he finds out that he's got a magical, uh, I don't know, access to a, a Eastern based magical power, and maybe it's a little bit better if 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 Billy Batson isn't a white guy. What do you guys think? I mean that yeah, he he has access to a very ancient power that's kind of like it's it's rooted in greek mythology sort of but at the same time you know he's he's adopted so obviously it's not like oh he has a ethnic last name or whatever like i mean mm -hmm. he literally could be you know any race yeah. um and I thought, and, and haven't we established that like the Shazam power like has like a different pantheon for like whatever you are? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that there's been um, multiple different pantheons that are used in terms of um, defining the powers and stuff, you know, because I mean, Black Adam definitely has a different pantheon that he derives his Shazam-esque abilities from. So, yeah, you know, it's an interesting spin. You know, like whether they want to go, you know, whether they, they'd want to go with like a pantheon of of sort of South Asian deities or whether they want to go with, a, you know, the, the traditional like Greek pantheon. And it's just like a, you know, a brown, a brown skinned uh, American kid. You know, mm -hmm. there's just there's there's a lot of wiggle room and, uh, you know, fair price, 11, 11 bucks for Shazam, who's, you know, got a movie, but not in our not in our time period, but maybe a trailer. 
Um, obviously, I think there's still a Shazam book. I think there's still a Shazam book. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> there, there is not. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe um, that Mary Marvel gets something, but you know, in that she may be featured kind of like in Flashback. Oh, sorry, as a side character, maybe. Yeah, yeah. because I mean, there's, there's something about um, Mary is herself ascending to the to the role of of you know, uh, yeah i forgot about that mm-hmm. uh and of course since mary marvel is not blood related to billy batson the uh family chaining will not apply so what, uh, i mean but they're they're adoptive family i got i'm you know you're just gonna have to gonna have to draft her if you want her like the south asian delegation does not uh automatically get uh mary marvel sorry okay that's fair I mean, let's face it. I mean, we've seen the Shazam family. They're all different backgrounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, that's like part of the appeal. Part of the appeal. Um, you know, and like, it's not like Billy Batson is Greek. Like, why does, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the pantheon of, of Greek, if that's where the power comes from, that's where the power comes from. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's being disordered. I actually, okay, so th- this... You, you brought up the idea of there being a trailer coming out. And now I'm wondering, when did we technically start scoring points for this season? Because the Super Bowl, we need a hero ad came out February 12th. <laughs> and we started scoring DC points. We started it. scoring points on the 14th, sir. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. All those Black Adam points and Doctor <laughs> Fate points. No, 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 no. Um, but the next character up, um, probably not going to get any trailer points if we're if we're you know based on recent events. Uh, the multiracial delegation acquired them. Uh, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, uh, aka multiracial widow now, um, <laughs> who is Russian and Cuban. And uh, you know that's a slick, that's a slick little tandem. You know she still probably. What did you say? Ambiguously brown widow, or ambiguously, you know, <laughs> light light skinned widow. Like can speak Spanish and can speak Russian. Um, you know, and you know, is she, does she look Anna de Armas? I don't know. Too <laughs> <laughs> much. Like I mean, did we, did we communist AF widow? Yeah, like did did we all see uh, did we all see the new James Bond? No time to die. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> got no problem with it. Um, I saw that but, new movie she's she's in with uh, Ben Affleck. Affleck. Oof, that's a bad movie. That was she's... a movie bad enough for them to break up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's got two Jiglis. Wow. He does have some, but he at least he came back around on the original one. Um, right, right. But uh, no, I mean, you know, there's not too much to say. I mean, we we all know the story: the Black Widow, the Red Room, the you know, the obviously you could play it out depending on the time frame of the Communist uh, Party uh, establishing their. Um, you know, establishing their their influence at the time, like it's th- there's room there's room for the story to encompass not just uh, people in Russia but people 
in in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially, I mean, even in the movie, where does the plane take off from? You know, they, they oh. fly to Cuba. Yeah, really good point. Really good point. Yeah. Um, it's it's a shame that that book is ending with issue fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, the last issue came out. I think the last issue came out last week. Um, yeah. But obviously, retroactive scoring. <laughs> like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and, 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 and the, the the writing team said that they have like more story in right. store. They're just this run is done. Exactly. So yeah, there's definitely room for her to pop up in other things, and um, you know, she's she's got connections with um, Hawkeye, of course. She's got connections sure. with the rest of the Avengers, with Winter Soldier. So, I mean, I doubt that she'll kind of go away. Probably not in Multiverse of Madness. Prob- no. I mean, even if there's a variant, uh, it won't be... Unless, listen, I'll say this. If, if they somehow have a variant Black Widow that is, uh, that is Lat- Latina and Russian... Then I might have to award some points for me. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, if, I'm, if, I'm going to be mad because I want her to come back. Like, I, if that's, if that's the version we're getting. I want her to show up in like. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty plenty. Listen, I, if we're replacing a Scarlett Johansson Black Widow, she better damn well be cast by an Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> it better be like Jamie Chung is. <laughs> that is hilarious so uh now's another time to talk about some more fan art uh the native american delegation got themselves some fan art from this guy i don't i don't know if you've heard of him uh carlos freites <laughs> jr um that's, that's him yeah no, I mean, he's yeah he he's he, he, he's big fan of his work um he did some he did some fan art for for the native american delegation of native american um tony stark native american iron man rather um good work and i gotta give i gotta give bonus cash uh 10 and 10 10 and 10 to both the native american delegation and the latinx delegation so continue to rack up the bonus points sir thank you thank you for that uh yeah i I was looking through um, through Toriano's like roster, and I was like, which one like really speaks to me? And I've never done an Iron Man, like like a, a full body Iron Man, and just the idea of like, 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 like laser headdress. It's like that. That would be. And like I ran it by Toriano. I was like, look, man, this might be horribly offensive. I'm not sure if this is fucked up or not. Can you please tell me if it is? He's like, and he saw it. He's like, let's go. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was to be like, I was like, I promise, man. I don't mean it if it's awful. Like, I promise. Well, speaking of let's go, uh, we got to talk about the fact that we still have a day before we figure out what this, the fate of Shang-Chi is. But for now, the people have given it a 90% approval rating. Mm. So that means $10, actually, that means $20 of bonus cash for the Native American delegation, uh, subject to that all being taken away if they actually lose the challenge. So let me go. Uh, 
downvoted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but for now, for now, why are you even why are you gonna downvote Toriyama? He's he's drafting his supplemental roster. Like, not with Shang Chi. Shang Chi is Shang Chi oh, is not. True. Yeah, Shang Chi is would be main roster. So, uh, you know, listeners, you still got time. If you if you if you still if you are part of the ninety percent, then vote. If you're part of the wait, what? Um, vote that way too. Consider <laughs> the ramifications, people. Exactly. Moving on to. Ooh, oh, sorry, that was still the eighty-eight percent for Black Clea. Um, but more Polynesian power, more Polynesian power, because in addition to acquiring Scott Summers, they also acquired Nathan Summers, a.k.a. Cable. The family is, com- well, not quite complete because there's a ton of Summers, but yeah. <laughs> presumably through uh, chaining, through family chaining, uh, there's a whole bunch of Summers that, that can be brought into the fold. Uh, Alex Summers uh gabe summers don summers uh donna summers <laughs> you know it's it's a it's a it's a whole summertime situation and um yeah listen polynesian cable i think someone said i don't know if i want to go to polynesian now that they got they got themselves a cable on board <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. I feel like they're really, the Polynesian delegation is still is is, is bringing it a little bit stronger this year. Um, you guys have any thoughts about about Polynesian Cable? Um, hooray for the Polynesian delegation, but not so much hooray for Cable. Oh, you're not a fan of Cable, Randy? Not. Oh, I'm, I didn't I'm, know. I'm, I'm I'm still very salty about like his arc overtaking the last bit of new mutants like decades ago <laughs> wow i mean that is i mean he's basically if terminator was an x-men character like mm-hmm. if they took terminator and john connor and put them together like what's wrong with that? he's a chosen <laughs> yeah, one against he's convenient. a chosen one against apocalypse and then he comes back to the present day as a grizzled veteran older than his dad it's it's it's, it's a little weird <laughs> <laughs> but well, additionally, there was a great acquisition by the South Asian delegation. Might have been, might end up being the bargain of the draft for zero dollars. Zatanna Zatara, Zatanna Zatara. You might know her from all of her appearances on Young Justice. You might know her from tons of fan art where she's got her cakes out and the you know, magician, <laughs> magician outfit. Um, generally generally depicted as some kind of brown, kind of swarthy white. We're not really sure-ish. But uh, South Asian delegation went ahead, prompted by people on the internet saying, you know what would be great? A South Asian Zatanna. And right on cue, they acquired themselves a South Asian Zatanna and immediately got fan art. Immediately mm-hmm. got fan art. Yeah. Shout out to Shargans, who was one of the people spearheading the acquisition. And, you know, she put her, her skills 
where where the money didn't have to go because it was a zero dollar acquisition. <laughs> so uh, yeah, an additional twenty bucks the South Asian delegation may got themselves a Zatanna who, you know, we talked about a little bit. Zatanna's got a, a YA book. Uh, allegedly, Zatanna has a movie. She's uh, part of the Justice League dark, mm-hmm. but not that dark, you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um and I think she appears in like regular Justice League books, which means, you know, she might die as part of the whole Justice League dies thing, but we'll see. What's up? I mean, out? yeah, because they they um they had the Justice League Dark addendum thing, but then they kind of like just smushed it all together and were like, nope, it's gonna all just be Justice League now. And so yeah, she's she's part of the main Justice League. Uh she has a role in that, I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. I, I I've been a little bit behind on main Justice League, but all right, so there you go. Zatanna, marked for death, but you know, magic. So she might she might live past it. And that brings us to my, gotta be honest, gotta be honest, guys. Probably my least favorite acquisition of the draft. Acquired by the... Actually, no, it's not quite time for that. We have to talk about more fan art. More fan art, yes, because Carlos is prolific. Uh, More (laughs) fan art in that Carlos, because of his love of Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, gave us, for the benefit of the white delegation, um, Mm -hmm. Wilson Fisk as depicted by Vincent D'Onofrio, Pretty slick, pretty slick art. Got it. Got to admit. And um, ten and ten. ten, ten, and ten. I just think it's real interesting that you weren't interested in trying to do that art for the kingpin until he went over to the right <laughs> side of you. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't on the black team long enough. <laughs> exactly. It was like he was his grand opening, grand closing, um, but. <laughs> But yes, another acquisition. Um, actually, yeah, so not quite time for my least favorite acquisition of the week, but uh, time for one of the one of the, the more like contentious bidding wars. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, Johnny Storm and his uh, Latino spiciness. But who better than someone who's so spicy that his whole skull lights on fire? And that would be Juan Blaze, uh, aka the Ghost Rider, aka the Ghost Pepper, aka you let me know what your thought process was, Carlos, and now stop making inappropriate jokes. <laughs> what was my thought process? My thought process, well, this is the strategy I've been going with is like try to have more money than everyone else. <laughs> So that when it comes time for a character you really want, you can go all in if you have to. And this is this was that the last character I had circled where it's like, I think they might put up some points just because Johnny is going to be in the new Fantastic Four, okay. and has a Ghost Rider book Fair. as well, and just kind of shows up 
as well when there's like a lot of characters oh all of a sudden there's there's uh our boy mm-hmm. so i just like I, I think at least with the two books like he was one of the last characters that had like real scoring potential now mm-hmm. did i expect to spend 242 dollars on ghost rider no i did not mm-hmm. but gordy <laughs> somehow tapped into he he must have like he just knew who i had left on my list i think is what it is so um, i gotta ask so, you um or have you have you ever watched the the show um mayans i haven't but like that's exactly where i would be going for a visual right okay now. yes because yeah, that's yeah. what i was i was asked i was like you know what it like do you know anything about sort of like mexican biker culture and would you be drawing from that those kind of influences in your johnny blaze in your uh you know wani blaze as it were um, <laughs> so, so actually i know my brother is like a car guy and he was um in his 20s he was in like car clubs. Mm-hmm. And so, he, I mean, it's not motorcycle, but it is kind of, there are, it's a Venn diagram. Let's just yeah, say. Fair like, enough. Yeah, fair I mean, but, 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 but if we're being honest, I mean, there's another ghost rider that's much more right, close right. Yeah, to right, car right. culture. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you don't want to necessarily infringe on him if you decide to go ahead and, you know, swoop in and get him. And obviously, his brother is, you know, which we didn't know was his brother for many years, uh, is the second Ghost Rider, that being Danny Ketch. So, mm-hmm. you know, tentatively, uh, you have the ability to to bring in uh, Danny Ketch. Uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, Latino Danny Ketch uh, as part of your uh, supplemental? <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> no, because I didn't. I wasn't expecting family chaining when the when the Ghost Rider acquisition was made. Fair so, enough. So you got yeah. you got a little time to flesh that out a little bit, but uh, you know, listen. I mean, you know, Johnny. Obviously, there are a lot of people who just they just like kind of imagine a Southern accent with with old guy. Um, like there was a popular fan cast of uh, the guy who plays Daryl Dixon on The Walking yep. Dead, who's uh, Norm Norman Reedus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that there are people out there that are like, no, Johnny Blaze should be white like a skull, white like the skull, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with with stunt uh, stunt motorcyclist. Johnny Blaze. New never mind if, you say, if you say John Blaze to anyone, <laughs> no one's thinking white guy. I'll that is ain't a yes. damn thing change. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, I mean, there's the iconography, the whole like Day of the Dead iconography of the, like, the Flaming Skull. Like, you know, there's 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 mm-hmm. there are things that you could do. Like, you know, you could have him like motorcycling like across the border, like different parts of, you know, different parts of Southeast and the United States. Like, you know, like in, in fact, you kind of saw them kind of meld elements of like classic Ghost Rider with Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider in the Agents of Shield series, um, like he he definitely even though he was still Robbie Reyes, his you know he was older he still had like the 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 aesthetic of of the skull and the mm-hmm. transformation. Like I think that yeah I think it's like I think in last season we had the Ghost Riders be kind of like a Native American thing, but like you know you could totally imagine the ghost riders being you know being a latino thing so i i don't know i mean if we're talking about like crossing borders what what greater border is there (laughs) 
between this realm mm-hmm. and, the, and the realm of Mephisto. Uh, yeah, so are you going to racially draft Mephisto? <laughs> like, Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mephisto man. sounds like you conjugated the verb into the yo <laughs> form. <laughs> Mephistar. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mephistar to, to, uh, to, to uh, imbue with hellish power. Usted <laughs> Mephiste. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mephistamos. <laughs> Mephistaron. Exactly. And now we've moved on to my least favorite pick of the week, which, you know, apologies, but little less apologies. Um, the Native American delegation acquired Albert Rothstein, um, sometimes known as Nuclon. Um, traditionally known as Adam Smasher, played mm-hmm. by Noah Centennial in the upcoming Black Adam movie, which will happen allegedly sometime later in the year. Um, I don't really know a lot about this character. I don't know a lot about how this character would uh, fall under the umbrella of uh, Native American. I believe, like, his father and his like uncle or grandfather or someone were also superheroes. Um, so, his, you know, grandfather was the original Adam. Okay. That's what I remember. And like <clears throat> he, he, I, I sort of know him a little bit more cause I, I, I recently read um, JSA. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of solo adventures and stuff. Like mostly you see him as part of, as part of the JSA and like in mm-hmm. relation to the JSA. But um yeah, I feel like you know he he is he's Jewish. So I mean maybe you can kind of retcon the story to be like he's you know converted to Judaism or like they're like culturally Jewish but not racially but mm, yeah I, I feel you it's not really you know it isn't the the line the dots aren't really connecting for me. Yeah, it doesn't like jump out at me as like something that could like readily um, like accept the retcon, but it doesn't mean that it like there's no like as far as I know, again, don't know a lot about the character. It doesn't necessarily break the character. Um, I just don't see what it like, you know, kind of brings out to like enhance the character either. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, supplemental draft pick, so doesn't really have to do a lot except just sort of be there maybe it's a trade asset for when the jewish delegation you know acquires more characters maybe they'll they'll like work something out for that yeah i mean in, in the off chance that there's i don't know when shazam or uh black adam's supposed to be coming out but if they do release a trailer adam smasher will be in it yeah adam smasher was in so, that little uh, uh we need heroes deal right. mm-hmm. you know and that brings us to the final pick of the week which is uh gate bishop hawkeye by the multiracial delegation 25 bucks good price gate bishop um big big winner uh obviously hawkeye was last year but people love kate bishop uh you know kate's not majorly around in the books but people find a way to get her get her into things. Um, 
I'm sure she'll be around. She, of course, um, Haley Steinfeld is is multiracial herself. So there's a little bit of that to at, at play in terms of potentially getting fan art and bonus points and all that other good stuff. And like, and on also she she recently had a um she recently had a, a mini that ended. Mm-hmm. So did it end? Did it just end? It's it's uh, the fifth one, I think, was like maybe two or three weeks ago. Oh, so there's probably some some points in the offing there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and sure. she tends to in the comics, she tends to hang around her girl, America Chavez. She also hangs out with her her boy, uh, Clint, Clint Barden, who, you know, those guys have books coming. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she'll be those around. Those guys are both Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. So I could see Kate Bishop being around. Like, yeah. So she had a big she had a big year last year. And um, I, you know, I don't think I don't see her profile going down. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, Kate Bishop. Um, we are like a lot of a lot of our delegations have have uh, either filled up their rosters or getting close. Uh, we still have yet to get a, you know, we may we may find ourselves having like a week where all the picks are going to be the Swanamena delegation. Um, they may not even have to worry about going through anything else. They might just be like, I want this character, I want this character. Um, <laughs> but um, it was like white week last year. For yeah, it'll be exactly. It'll be like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say anything because it might come off as uh, overly offensive. But, you know, um, Native American, I mean, Native American, um, like uh, Middle Eastern delegation week. Look at this. Look at this. So many 88% approval ratings. Uh, <laughs> East Asian Cassandra Kane, East Asian Ghostmaker, and 89% uh-huh. for Johnny Storm. So close yet so far. Well, guys, I think that's where we should leave it with. Uh, just, Which just the a... most depressing note possible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, Randy, I you actually before we leave it there, you know, we'll we'll tease the listeners with what's to come for uh, for the coming week since you are up next up to nominate a character. Why don't you just let people know live on the podcast who that character is? Um hmm. That's a that's a good question. Let's see. I think I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go. I'm trying to think. Do we even do, has this person already been drafted? I'm going to say just on the off chance, uh, Charles Xavier. Oh no, Charles Xavier has oh. definitely been drafted. Yeah, that's Polynesian oh, yeah. Charles well, Xavier. Me, okay, so. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think because like I off the top of my head I can't think of um who I oh was I thought you had I, don't know, I thought you had a character in mind I was I'm I didn't know I put you on the spot no, I thought I, you were... I was going to kind of do a spite draft but I also don't want to get stuck with this person so I'm not going to do that <laughs> so fair um, enough yeah. I mean I don't want you like I said I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't have someone in mind like we could we could we could take it offline and you know listeners you'll just have to find out next week who the black delegation nominates mm-hmm. um, so yeah I guess this is where we'll leave it uh very uh 
very uh, underwhelming uh, end to the show, but you know, it's fine. Nice <laughs> <laughs> choice. Uh, oh, you don't like it being put on the spot, huh? I mean, no, no, I, that's not the that's not the issue. The issue is I have characters I could do for Commissioner's Choice, but uh, what about um Nick C- uh, Nick Fury Senior? Oh, okay, original original flavor Nick Fury. Yeah, he's um, he's currently the unseen in uh, Fantastic Four. Okay. Nick Fury, it is. We're talking about Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. Nick Fury Sr. Except I mean, this time I'm gonna let his, his visual reference be uh Keith David. I mean oh. I mean, didn't you do that last year, Randy? <laughs> yes, I did. Nick Fury Sr. as it were. Black Nick Fury with a son that's also Black Nick Fury. I like it. Black Father of the Furies. Black Fury. Um, <laughs> Great vengeance and furious anger. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for the furious styles of, uh, of Nick. Um, Mad Blacks, Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is what we like to call the episode title. Thank you, Randy, for, for, for giving it giving it to us right on cue. So on that you note, that with an X, though. Mad Blacks with an X. Mad Blacks Fury Road, one hundred percent, listeners. Uh, so uh, if you like if you like what we did this week, come ahead and go go on and join us next week. This is your first episode. I apologize, but this is what we do. So you are complicit. Um, so keep being complicit. Keep on listening. Um, <laughs> where can they find you, Randy? Again? I am on Twitter at RandyS0725, and I use the hashtag SuperpowerList. Carlos, where can they find you? Twitter at CarlosFreitasJR, and I'm trying to tag every celebrity so that they will like a drawing that I've made. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at MTFIII on Twitter. Uh, you can also find the Racial Draft at Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, also on Instagram at Racial.Draft, and Facebook at Racial Draft. This is, uh, you know, support support your local Racial Draft. Um, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to blow this up, like, you know, in a big way. And uh, hopefully you'll be a part of it. Hopefully you, you have delegations that you want to support, uh, fan art that you want to submit, uh, backstories that you want to contribute to. We're, we're, we're doing it big in uh, 2022 um, as we as we press ahead uh, with this fourth season of the racial draft so uh, hopefully again you'll be part of the ride with us hopefully you will join us next week as we figure out where this road leads but till next time all things are possible